you know, there's there's been a lot of unlikely things that have happened over the years in the NBA. We've seen the greatest regular season team of all time blow a 3-1 lead. We've seen the best player in modern NBA history leave his hometown team. But none of that surprised me more than Masai Ujiri finally trading Pascal Siakam after he finally traded OG Ananobi. We've been begging for years for this team to get blown the hell up. And y'all, he finally did it. It's, fi- it's finally over. I am so <laughs> happy. These guys were hanging on by a thread. There's a dude on TikTok. His name is Juice. He's been trying for 162 days to get his <laughs> hairline back in. It's oh. not working. That's the equivalent <laughs> of Masai Ujiri holding on to this core and trying to keep a championship roster together. I'm happy it's done. It is a new era. It's a new day in Toronto. Finally, bro. We were fucking held captive by this team. It was like an obligation to talk about it. It was horrible. Yeah, Finally, man. we can see a new team flourish under Scotty Barnes' realm. Yeah, man. As soon as the trade happened, I heard my neighbor fall down to her knees. She's an 86-year-old lady, <laughs> sweet Dominican lady. She fell down to her knees saying, yes! And I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong? And she was like, look! And she showed me the news and I'm like, damn, we saw this this trade in the works basically when we were streaming on uh, Tuesday, 8 p.m. Tune in every Monday, by the way. And we were like, damn, what can this trade package potentially look like? And we were all thinking that this trade would involve some young player, whether it be Jarris Walker, Bennett Matherin, or Andrew Nemhard, but they walked away without having to give up any one of those young dudes. And my question to y'all is like, how do y'all feel about this trade? Wait, question real quick. Question to your question. You had this whole conversation <laughs> with the 86-year-old Dominican lady? <laughs> is this what happened? She's a casual. She wasn't into the weeds, bro. She was like, oh my God, Bruce Brown. The Raptors are so bad. <laughs> she don't know what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> she's, oh my God, what are the ramifications for the Pacers' help defense on the interior? <laughs> ah, she was freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Like Mo said, we saw this trade, the news initially break that it was about to happen soon by Shams, happened while we were live streaming. So, like you said, every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, check it out. You can watch the VOD right now. This past week, we did a live watch along to Joel Embiid versus Jokic. And uh, that's at the same time it happened. It was great. And also, before we get to answering most questions, if you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor, drop a like and subscribe. If you're on audio platforms, five stars, review, all that. But yeah, the, the, the first things first, before we get to the topic of the episode, as you guys see, we're going to talk about everything we expect to happen at the trade deadline or more like we want to happen. We got to talk about this trade in depth. I mean, I really don't know, don't know what to say. Crayon eaters rejoice! So Nikhil has this tweet pulled up that says, Masai turned OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam into Emmanuel Quickly, RJ Barrett, Bruce Brown, Jordan Nuora, Kira Lewis, three first-round picks, and one second-round pick. How do you guys feel about the totality of these two moves put together? Masai Ujiri beat the washed allegations, right? <laughs> for years. Okay, you like it. For, yeah, I think he, the only person who would be disappointed in this trade is 2020 Masai Ujiri because he was asking for four, four, for four first round picks for everybody. And obviously like that didn't happen. But if you actually had a realistic sense of what trades look like in the NBA, I think this is a very good haul. You have a point guard who can play very well next to Scotty Barnes. RJ Barrett looks absolutely rejuvenized now that he's playing back at home. They're probably going to flip Bruce Brown and get even more assets. Got some young players, first round picks. This is a perfect way to start a rebuild or a retool, whatever you want to call it. But Masai did a fantastic job, in my opinion, on this on these trades. Yeah. yeah. So t- 
totality, I see this and I'm like, bro, you you gotta you could have gone a haul similar to this if you would have traded for only Pascal traded away only Pascal Siakam if you did that shit last year. And when exactly. I see this, I'm like, okay, at least he did something and he tried his best to maximize what he did. But overall, if I'm a Raptor fan, I don't feel like the absolute best because if you look at this entire um catalog of options and assets that they got this upcoming draft is insane not insanely weak but it's not looking very impressive whatsoever you have three first round picks that really don't move the needle um and you have i personally would say one but i guess i have to pay respects to rj Barrett since he's been genuinely hooping two players who you might foresee yourself like really involving them alongside scotty barnes and um and then boys so it's like yeah. I don't feel too good about this trade, but I am content is what I would say. Yeah, I mean, we all know that he should have been to this. They should have been blown up a year ago, maybe two years ago. They should have traded Fred Van Vliet to not let him walk for nothing. Like, that's like, that's the obvious part, right? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't handled well. But as far as what he was actually able to do this year, you know, better late than never, it's all right. You know, I think it's kind of surprising that he got three first round picks for Pascal Siakam for a guy who has four months left on his contract before the season ends and he goes into unrestricted free agency. So I think the kind of like lead up to that was, you know, lead up to the deal. The talks were maybe they can get a first and maybe two first if they're lucky and expiring contracts. So even though the first they got aren't like premier first round picks, it's not like from a great tanking team that's going to net them like a top tier lottery pick or anything. You know, assets are assets. You got to accumulate them, have as many bites as apples as you can. You can flip them later. You know, for late first round picks turn to Desmond Baines all the time. So not terrible when you think about what the position they were in, but you just can't help but think like they could have been in a much better position if he didn't sit on his hands for so long. That's true. Yeah. But also at the same time, I feel like last year, everybody still had like Rudy Gobert brain and everybody was, <laughs> everybody was like, hey, Rudy Gobert got four first round picks. So like if I'm trading Pascal Siakam, I need seven first round picks. Like that, that's, <laughs> you know, that's what I need. And so Masai probably thought, okay, I can go and get this massive, massive haul. But everybody came to, everybody had the same thought where it was, if you're trading somebody away, you think that you're supposed to get this massive haul because, well, that's what Gobert went for. But then everybody else is like, yo, be for real. That was a mistake <laughs> on the Timberwolves part. I'm not giving you that just for, for anybody. Like that was an outlier. So it was probably, this, it's like this back and forth in the league. So now that we're a year removed from it, everybody can be reasonable at this point. And so this is probably what everybody is is worth you know and especially for the yeah. raptors like if you're not going to tear everything down you got some good players back and that's what i think i think i'm a little bit higher on this trade than you guys are just for that reason no i'm high on it too i agree it's, it's the best you can do it's a realistic value for like i said he's expiring so like this is like a rental for the pacers i'll be you know but there's been reports that they're very confident they can sign him and extend him this summer so that makes it make more sense but for most teams in the league that don't have that confidence, it would be like a heavy rental for half a season. Mm -hmm. Given that context, I'm, I like it too. Like that's, this is a lot for that circumstance that we're in. Yeah, that is Facts. true. And if you were, and if any team was to give up all these first round picks, this is the NBA draft to do so. I've seen, we're in January right now, and I've seen like five potential number one overall picks. Nobody has no idea what this draft is really capable of. And with that being said, these picks in my mind are just like from the Indiana Pacers standpoint, they are like throwaways. Yeah, it's the Pacers pick this year, the Nuggets pick this year, and a Pacers pick from 2026. So that 2026 pick is the best one. 
you know, they, you, you have to imagine they're still going to be a good team. Tyrese Halliburton's young, so it's not going to be like a great pick. But, you know, it's a lottery ticket. You never know what, what could happen that year. I think, you know, the, the Raptors did Raptors things, right? They finally traded it, blew everybody up, got the, the retooled beginning. I think it's far more interesting to talk about the Pacers because they, we talked about Pascal Siakam trades for a while. And I think the Pacers are one of the teams we talked about for a long time that were like, I need to see this happen. I need to see uh, Tyrese Halliburton have a legit running mate co-star. And they did it. They got the guy, like we, I think me and Mo both said for months that we want this specific trade to happen. They decided to commit to Tyrese and get him a co-star. Like it's exactly what you want to see. Yeah. And for a team like Indiana, this is much needed. And this is the only way that they are able to get stars on that roster. Like, Historically, Indiana, I believe they're one of the lone teams in the NBA that's never gotten a first round pick, our number one overall draft pick ever. And on top of that, they're cursed with being in the state of Indiana, sadly. And so <laughs> no one ever will go there. You don't sign free agents. The last like big time free agent that they signed at the time was like David West. And he was a good player, but we all know like David West is no game changer, not not game changer, but he's no all time player at all. So yeah. for them doing this shows me that they are looking to be a serious organization who have serious hopes and aspirations to eventually contend for a title. And this is just a step in the right direction. Yeah, man, I I don't know. I, I, I really I really like this trade. I'm happy that, that they did it. I think. I think for this year in particular, like it says something about how they feel about this team, this core, th this version of Tyrese, because with Tyrese being hurt, there is a massive opportunity for the Pacers to have slipped. And they haven't necessarily done that. They've, you know, they've maintained they're still in that race to even get up to the three seed. You put Pascal on this team and Isaac has talked about this for a while. Pascal is one of those guys where the situation has been so bad in Toronto. Like, he's probably going to come out in Indiana and everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. Exactly. Like, that that he's here, you know, like he's going to look 100 percent rejuvenated in 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 an organization and on a team that doesn't hate his guts. And <laughs> we saw we saw this massively with Russell Westbrook, where he just literally changed locker rooms. It's a big difference when the people in your locker room don't hate you. And when you feel good <laughs> showing up to work every day. And, yeah. so for, and so for Pascal, this is going to be like a massive, massive thing. I think he might be the most underrated player in the league right now. He's up there. Like I tweeted when this happened that they did this trade and the Patriots got a top 30-ish guy. A couple mm -hmm. people in the replies were like, 30 is real generous. Uh, what are you yeah, talking no. about? And I was like, no, you guys don't understand. His team made the concerted effort this year to deprioritize him to prioritize Scotty Barnes because they knew long term Scotty Barnes is our guy. And as far as last offseason, there was rumors and rumblings that they're going to trade him. And there was reports that Pascal Siakam found out about that and was very disheartened to hear that. You know, he has a lot of history with this team, is one of the best NBA development stories of all time with that organization. So the fact that, like Donovan said, deprioritize the team, you're clearly not the guy of the future. There's that one side of it, the personnel side, that he's going to go to a place that he feels wanted. That empowers him. But even outside of that, he's playing with the guy in Tyrese Halliburton, the perfect pick-and-roll partner you could want for Siakam as a big man. Siakam also runs a lot of pick-and-rolls with the ball in his hands. Miles Turner, pick-and-pop big, pick-and-roll big, another perfect guy to put next to him. He's going to have all the space in the world to attack the rim, do his high-post game, attack mismatches, play off of Tyrese, play with the ball in his hands as a primary creator whenever Tyrese is on the bench. Like For every way you can think about, 
in this type of offensive environment, he's going to thrive so much more than he did playing with the Raptors on a team that had four players just like him that all try to do the same thing, stand in the same places. It's just going from the worst place possible for your production to probably the best place. Yeah, the Raptors had a bunch of Pascal Siakam's in training guys like Precious Chua and Chris Boucher <laughs> yeah. and shit like that. It's just like maybe exactly. one day if you're good enough, you can be like the guy that we already have right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally, I never thought about that. They tried to make four of him. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, they developed, they developed one long, rangy, unskilled big man to being incredible with the ball in his hands. And we're like, I'm going to give you one more. And none of them panned out. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> he got two more for you. I'm so glad he's freed. Now it is funny that Obi Toppin went from being in jail behind Julius Randle to now being in jail behind Pascal Siakam. Like, yeah, him man, and listen, Walker this, are he has to go overseas. He has to go overseas <laughs> man, because it, you're not getting run. You're not <laughs> getting run in the NBA. Maybe you could go to like Sacramento. They run up and down really fast. You just need to go to teams who who have track meets at this point. Yeah. I, he just hasn't had time, hasn't had the space to properly develop his game. And I feel bad for him. So, like, Obi, hang in there. Hang in there, my guy. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, he was gifted the starting spot coming into the season and didn't do jack shit with it. So, like, he wasn't, he hasn't had a particularly great season. So, he had the chance to earn the job and just didn't. So, I'm not going to be, like, too boohoo for him because, you know, play better. Yeah, I mean, we would. Play some defense. Yeah. No, I mean, man, you're hating. We we went to speak Obi Obi top and he gave us like 11, 12 points a game, which is like what I roughly projected for him. But the defense is like a huge issue. And what I'm even like more excited about, of course, like Siakam immediately, immediately adds defense and that like helps like guys like Miles Turner, who, who's who's I would say his reputation hasn't been as ha hasn't met up to expectation at all. Um, but that's because a whole lot of things, schematics and all that other stuff with the with the Indiana Pacers. But one of the biggest things where I'm like, wow, this is going to help them stay in games a lot longer is what you said earlier, Isaac. When Tyrese Halliburton goes to the bench, they're usually always dead in water. They always lose those minutes, even though they have like one of the better backup guards in the NBA, Andrew Nemhard. Yeah, there's only so much. This that limited offense that limited guard can do on the offensive end, and having someone like Pascal Siakam who can create in just about every way imaginable on the basketball court, whether it be operating the pick and roll, being the role man, starting transition fast fast breaks, and all that, like he can literally do it all. And so having him will be the biggest will be will be they'll see the biggest like uptick whenever Tyrese is whenever Tyrese is on the bench. Yeah, and even like they're already like they still have the number one offense in the league right now, and they're like obviously one of the greatest offenses of all time by offensive rating, which you know take with a grain of salt. But I think like the best part about it offensively is like think back to the in season tournament game, the Lakers did a great job shutting down Tyrese Halliburton, and the reason I was able to be so successful is because all the guys around him don't have that release valve creation ability. Whenever you're doubling Tyrese and forcing him to pass the ball up, you need somebody else that can really create and like punish you for doing that. And there's, you know, that Pascal Siakam is perfect for that. That's his exact skill set on the short roll, being able to, like, be the screen setter and make something happen when he's attacking three on four. Hmm. It just it gives him versatility. Like, they didn't need offensive help in terms of, like, you know, their standing in the offensive rating category. But if you're pro projecting to a playoff setting, Benedict Mathurin hasn't developed yet. He's still young. Jairus Walker, you'll see what you get from him. He's still young. You look at guys like Buddy Heald, Neesmith, and uh, Nemhard. Like, those aren't those type of, like, on-ball creator guys that you can really hope for in a playoff setting. Siakam fills that hole immediately. 
to the crayon eaters, all that means is that Siakam got a bag and you play a little bit. Of <laughs> That's it. <laughs> he got a bag. <laughs> he can shimmy, shimmy a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but also defensively, like they're right now, they have their 30th in shots given up at the rim. None of the guards do shit on ball. You set a screen, the guards just die and they just sprint to the rim and just straight at Miles Turner's face. And Miles Turner's in a decent job with that, you know, disadvantage he's already at. They're 13th in percentage given up at the rim. So like he defends it decently. But they have nobody that can stop you from getting there. And Siakam is a, you know, he's not a lockdown defender. He's not like Aaron Gordon at the four or anything like that. But he's a pretty good team defender, I think. He knows how to use his size. He's mobile. Like, I think he'll help there a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a legitimate playoff team now. And this, yeah. this, is, this is a team where before you looked at them and regardless of what the offensive rating said, you're like, you're just not, you're just not going to win a playoff series. That's that's yeah. you know, like that style of basketball just doesn't translate. It's cool that you guys are winning games and understanding how to be a competent franchise. But now, now let's actually take the next step, right? With all these other teams, whether it's Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, Miami, all these other teams that have good infrastructures, let's have a duo that we could build around and, if you still want to trade Buddy Heald, right? If you still want to trade Miles Turner, you still have now you have legitimately two core pieces that you can start shaping the future of this team around. And so I'm I'm with you. Like I think that they 100% know or have a very very confident position that they can re-sign Pascal and that he's going to be there next year. So one of those guys in terms of Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, one of those. There, one of them has to be gone. I, I refuse to believe that going into next year, they yeah. are still going to be on the team. Something has to get done. And now that Masai Ujiri has traded Pascal Siakam, anything's possible. Anything, <laughs> I would think anything's it was, possible. I think if anything, it makes... I mean, I'm sure they love Jairus Walker, the draft him for a reason. I think it makes him a little expendable now that you have your four of, ideally, the future. You know, mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam is 29. He has what? four or five good years left in him for sure before he like really starts to fall off probably like he's not a super athletically dependent player he'll probably be good when he's 33 34 Jairus Walker becomes a guy that if you can have that great backup off the bench cool that's an awesome position to be in but also if you want to upgrade Buddy Hield and get a better defender there to make you really lethal you have more you know options at your disposal where he's not quite so untouchable yeah yeah I agree that's I guess so, so question is question is they're currently the seven seed, one game behind the Knicks and the uh, Heat, who are the five and six seed tied. Do or no half a game actually behind them, so they're still firmly in the mix for a top five seed. Where do you think they're going? No, let me not even ask that because I don't want to know where you think they're going to finish standing wise because Tyrese is hurt. That's a whole nother can of worms. In terms of power rankings and who you respect in the East, where do they fall? I have a better I way see to frame it. that. I was saying, I, I got a ceiling. Yeah. In terms yeah, of ceiling, ceiling wise, right? Projecting. I would say they have like they have the ceiling to be the third or fourth best team in the Eastern Conference, and that's third, a lot to okay. say considering like Joel and B exists. But fourth is like I'm very comfortable with fourth to be honest with you. The the Cavaliers have been cooking lately, so that's. But I, I agree. I can see the Pacers being as good as the Cavs. Like four seed is very much within reach. Yeah, that's, that's probably where I put them too. Honestly, like I. The Cavs have been cooking because Donovan Mitchell was incredibly empowered right now with Garland and Mobley out. He's just playing Donovan Mitchell ball eating. I don't know if that's going to be able to be maintained when the guys come back. It won't. Yeah. So the, they're, they're in a weird position right now that they're not going to do anything about. Maybe this summer they will. I think when everybody's healthy, fully clicking, I, I can see the Pacers being pretty comfortably better. Hmm. Man, I'll put them at, so tough. I'll put them at five. I think that, or okay. tie, tie for fifth. I think that they can be just as good as 
the Heat. Um, but I think the teams that I would trust above them would be the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Knicks. And then I, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> of course, the Knicks. Got the shirt on? <laughs> Look at your shirt. I get it. I mean, come I get on. it. I get it. I get it. Legitimately. No, that's fair. I get it. I, uh, it's honestly a very comparable team. The one and four being the two star players. And then you have like OG as a third piece there versus Ter- Miles Turner as a defensive piece there. It's, they're actually pretty similar teams. I I don't know which way I lean there, but I see that that's a very good conversation. Don't let us get Mitch back. That's that's really, <laughs> that's really the, the big True. part is that if the, Knicks, if the Knicks can get a healthy Mitch Robinson back, the entire defense changes, the entire you know offensive rebounding, getting extra possessions, that changes. So I think that's going to be the difference maker. Mitch isn't going to come back until late, late in the season if he comes back at all. So, so right now, it's probably a, a three-way tie between the Knicks, yeah. Miami, and Indiana. Yeah, mm. if, if we view the Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers as like the upper tier, that next four teams that there are very much within like they're in kind of like an arms race for second tier in mm-hmm. the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They just made they just made the East so much more competitive and so much more fun to watch. And honestly, like it would not surprise you if a team like the Indiana Pacers were able to sneak into the Eastern Conference Finals some way somehow. You know, surprised me a little bit, but yeah, they they definitely have a puncher chance for sure now. Like they have the firepower that like. It's just interesting to think, like, you look at their lineup now. Neesmith is a good defender. I wouldn't call him, like, your wing stopper, ideally. He shouldn't be, like, your number one wing defender. But he's good in your starting lineup. He's been lineup. great. He's been great. Siakam's a... Yeah, he'd be... Yeah. Siakam's a good defender. I mean, nobody's been great. They're the fucking 30th defense in the league. But, you know, for what he has to do, he's been solid. Siakam's a good defender. Miles Turner should be a good defender. It, eh. Right now, he's, you know, he's been up and down. Granted, he's in a bad situation having to defend everybody. He's not Gobert. That's three out of five year starters are good defenders. But do you really trust their defense to hold up in the playoffs, even with Siakam? That's no. tough. No, no. And yeah. it, it, it really depends on their offense. Like, I, I don't think that they can continue to be at both ends of the, of the spectrum. And if they decide to continue to lean into this very, very up-tempo, you know, this very wide-open style of, of offense, I think that that's just going to lead them on this path of staying, you know, one of the worst defenses in in the league. I don't think that they get up to like a middling defense, maybe even like 17th or 16th. I don't think that's in the cards for them this year, even though that, you know, like you just said, a majority of the starting lineup is good at defense. Yeah, Mm. they're basically just the Kings now. Like you think about it, like De'Aaron and Sabonis is very similar to Tyrese and uh, Siakam. Differences, having a Miles Turner there, there's a possibility of building a solid defense there with a good rim defense with Siakam and Turner together. Yeah. And the Kings don't really have that possibility with Sabonis being the anchor. So maybe that makes me believe in their, not this year version of them, but like a next year version of them. If they can get another strong defender on the wing, I can Whatever. see a world where this team contends. Yeah. I'll say like, it's so much like, you're right. You're right. I agree with you hundred percent. It's so much easier to build off of the infrastructure that they've recently newly built and I can't I can't imagine them finding a hard a hard time or having a hard time trying to find a buddy who replacement who can be a complete black hole at times or if Aaron Neesmith who's been underrated defensively I mean, who's been busting his ass defensively um having another he's been trying he's been trying hard they're, they're throwing him every tough assignment in the league he's trying his ass off yeah yeah exactly that's why he's kind of like resurrected his NBA career and um yeah. I, I don't I don't find it hard 
for them to take that next leap as a serious contender one day. But the question, like the original question was right now, what's the ceiling? And I think that like that four or five, whatever range is their ceiling right now this season, because I just don't imagine them all of a sudden just switching their basically defense, entire defensive identity in the middle of the year while we're 39, 40 games in. Like I just, that's like so rare to see. We barely see that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Siakam's not that kind of defender, right? He's not like Jonathan Isaac defensively. He's not going to come out here and just like swat everything and completely save your rim defense. He's, it's not him, but he'll help a little bit. And I, I noticed you mentioned it's not going to be hard for them to find their future Buddy Hilder placement. Ideally, he's already on the roster. Like, it should be Benedict Mathurin eventually if he can develop into that type of player and like hold his own defensively and, you know, bring along the three-point shooting, bring along everything you need to play next to Tyrese as a starting lineup. That, But that's a question for like next year or the year after that. It's not going to be happening this season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. But overall, let's uh, man. They listen. They made the move, and I this this is huge. I just think that they exactly they, they they set up they set up Tyrese so perfectly. I'm glad they did it early rather than later when it's like a year away from you know from Tyrese maybe you know requesting a trader or getting into like a weird situation. Oh, <laughs> they were they were they were very proactive on this, and I I appreciate yeah. that from them. And that's that's their MO's organization, right? Like they're always going to do what they can to make the best team possible. Mm-hmm. They are like the poster child for refusing to tank, refusing to go through rebuild. They're going to be a competitive team and use every asset at their disposal. It honestly is like makes it very interesting to see how teams can rebuild from the middle without tanking, because like you know this team never tanked a single season, and now they have Tyrese Halliburton and Pascal Siakam. Like there's. There's always an avenue to improve and make something out of nothing. And like it, it makes you look at teams like the Charlotte Hornets who haven't done shit for LaMelo Ball <laughs> or the, I mean, the Hawks tried. They made a move. They had a young core. It just didn't work out. But like, you know, all these organizations that don't make the move and just like try to be patient, like it makes you look at them like, eh, maybe you should what make some doing? shit happen. Exactly. Exactly. What's the good old saying? Scared money don't make money. God damn. Facts. The Indiana Pacers went ahead and rolled that dice and they made that shit happen. And it's hilarious that Masai Ujiri is on the other end of that, who is the definition of scared money over the last few years. <laughs> He's scared money. <laughs> He's the definition of that. <laughs> Which is funny because before that, he wasn't. He traded for Kawhi. I guess that, never mind. I mean, I even say that because the Kawhi trade is the opposite. That's the scared money don't make money yeah. like blueprint. But then after that, he went the other way. It seems like, like, he's, like a, he's like a one-sided GM to me. Like there's like GMs who are great at knowing how to like construct a championship team. But when it comes to like learning how to develop a team from ground up, a lot of them don't know how to build that like strong base, root, or infrastructure whatsoever. Yeah, man, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> I think we can. Let's uh, we're gonna grade the trade, but we're gonna save it because the episode after the trade deadline, we're gonna grade all the trades that happen. So we'll save our official grades for that episode. Okay. I think uh, I think now we can move on to the title of this episode. We're each gonna talk about the rest of the trade deadline that's coming up and talk about the p- players that we want to see moved where we want to see them move to. And, you know, just in general, kind of predict slash say what we want to happen during the trade deadline. Let's go. Woo-hoo. Let's do it. Who, who wants to go who first? Who wants to go first? We, yeah, we, <laughs> all, we, all wrote, <laughs> we all wrote down five trades you want to see happen. I figured through those trades, we'll kind of canvas the entire league. I guess yeah. I'll go first. Let's start with the guy who I think is the most, the biggest lock to be traded amongst relevant players, DeJounte Murray. That motherfucker okay. is out of there. The Hawks hmm. are... I, I would say in turmoil, you know, they lost back-to-back games and atrocious losses to the Pacers and the Wizards. They've since won two. Doesn't move me. One of them was against the Spurs. One of them was a game winner against the Magic without Franz. They're so down horrendous. They're going to blow this team up 
We'll see what that entails, but at least it's going to include DeJounte Murray going to another trade. I mean, going to another team. And I think we can write the shit in history already. He is going to be a Los Angeles Laker. <laughs> that and I think he is a Laker already. We're just waiting for them to call that shit in. I think the writing is on the wall. There's so much smoke. There has to be fire. The clutch connection, the fact that the Lakers have been reported for wanting a point guard upgrade. This man's a Laker. I think right now they're just waiting to see if they can get Austin Reeves. How how uh. do you how do you feel about this? Because if you I think if we would have asked you this three weeks ago, you would have been like, keep that man away from my franchise. Facts. And now I feel like you kind of talked yourself into it. Yeah. Okay, you, you guys definitely misconstrue. <laughs> Actually, like hated that. I was like, oh, what an ugly shot. Fucking went in. <laughs> <laughs> but um you, I think you guys misconstrued my DeJounte Murray feelings as hatred for him, as but really it's hatred for him on the Hawks. I think it was fucking dumb as hell to pair him with Trey Young. But I don't think he's a player without value. You know, he's not a, especially what he's being paid. He's not a very, very, very team friendly contract. So I wouldn't like want the Lakers to move him. Like, he, go for him. I wasn't like coming up this season. I wasn't like DeJounte Murray needs to be the trade target. But if it's going to happen, I see, I see the vision, you know, especially if they keep Austin Reeves. So my first trade that I want to see happen, knowing it's going to happen for him probably, is D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, and a first-round pick for DeJounte Murray. If that's what it is, I'm very okay with it. Uh, you you want to give me Rui, D'Lo, and Austin Reeves? Yeah, go to hell. Uh, D'Lo <laughs> would obviously be routed to another team, and you guys would probably... I, maybe you get another first for him in a three-team deal, so maybe it could be two firsts in Rui. Which at this point, it seems like the entire league is just lowballing the Hawks and trying to convince them to trade DeJounte for nothing. You're getting so. blocked. <laughs> You're getting Who knows blocked. if they can get anything better? <laughs> okay, yeah, that. so Nikhil pulled up a trade. that This this is definitely you getting blocked. This guy said Bogdan and DeJounte for D'Angelo Russell, Rui, Gabe Vincent, and a first-round pick. Oh. Now you're getting blocked. Now you're getting blocked. You're trying to sneak Bogdan in there. You'd have to include Reese if you wanted him to. No, you're not only getting blocked. I'm pulling up to your house and I'm slashing all your tires. <laughs> you're not getting to work the next morning, bro. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. But I don't know. Can do you think you can get two first round picks with Dejounte right now? Do you think that's in the cards? I think I can, but ah. not from a team that's pil- that's pick poor. Like they don't have no, they have no assets that's as true. of now, that's true. or abundance of yeah. assets at least. Is the Lakers only trade one? The wrong, yeah, the Lakers are the wrong team to talk to right now, in my opinion. But how many teams want him? Like, what team out there wants him and will give you two first-round picks for DeJounte? I think it has to be a team that is young and a team that's trying to find themselves and solidify that final piece. Um, who is it? Do you have, an idea? Like? have an idea? Yeah, and that mm-hmm. team is the Orlando Magic, the team that he literally just gamed on the other night. <laughs> so, <laughs> Is that your trade? Here's our trade proposition, y'all. All right, Isaac. Okay. Um, crayon eaters. I'm ready. Please be the judge of it. Pew, pew, breaking news. Adrian Wojnarowski announces the Atlanta Hawks have traded DeJounte Murray to the Orlando Magic for Isaac, Jonathan Isaac, and Markel Fultz, and also a first-round pick, maybe two. I'm asking for two. You'd rather have John Isaac and Fultz rather than Rui in a first? I'd rather rather, have Rui than Fultz, I think. I'd rather... Jonathan Isaac is, is... more important to this to what this roster needs than someone like Rui, in my opinion. But the, if they can give us two first round picks, I'm fucking sold. That's what I want, do, honestly. Do the Magic want that bad enough to give up two first round picks? Do they want? They have two big, 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 big creators. Pause. Impalo and Franz, who are like the on ball guys for them, have a lot of size. 
that means they're not the best mate. I mean, they're good shooters, but you know, they're not big floor spacers. They need spacing next to them. Two things. Does Dejounte Murray scream that to you? Two things. I mean, one, one. You didn't even have to pause yourself. So that, that's okay. I just, one. Just, just had to throw it out there just in case. You, you didn't have to. I threw two, two bigs. My bad. Two. I don't think Orlando would do this. I, Me neither. I, I think I think Orlando is good enough with the guards that they have, and they have so much of a like youth movement going with with their guards that if you are going to accelerate your your timeline, trade future first round picks. And again, Dejounte's not bad, but I would expect it to be for a player a little bit better than than Dejounte Murray. I just for two first round picks for for him seems like a lot. Well, yeah, sadly, I mean, even not just better, a better fit. Like I think they need a true spacer if they're going to be mm-hmm. doing that. Like it has to be a legit shooter. Yeah, yeah. and he can shoot a little bit, but he's not like it's not six, any. It's thirty eight percent on six attempts per game. Just nothing nowadays. What are we talking about over here? I understand yeah, well, context what you're matters. It's, but not all not all 38% are built the same. Yeah, that's true. And I can agree with that. But in terms of what they have right now, which is Marco Fultz, who's like, I don't know, 15%, it fucking works. <laughs> I'm I'm I love this because I know that as soon as DeJounte Murray is traded, Mo's gonna uh-huh. be like, man, man, this guy can't even shoot. Go, go do something. No. He's high, he's he's hyping him up. He's trying to raise his his trade profile right now. Uh it's it just doesn't like you already have you already have two two forwards who have been kind of hindered by a by a lack of spacing, right? Jalen Suggs is, is over there and and the, the question with him has always been his shooting. They need knockdown, right? They need they need somebody who can come in and sniper, I'm I'm knocking in everything. And DeJounte Murray yeah. Just isn't that, and also for two for two forwards that they have who who do handle handle the ball, you want the ball in their hands and bringing Dejounte in there is kind of the same issue that you had in Atlanta, where you have a star that is ball dominant and you bring in another ball dominant guard. There's not another reason to do that when you have two like creators the way that they have with Paolo and Franz. Well, yeah, Paolo's like a point forward at this point. Trash. Sorry, Hawks. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this was this was not working. (laughs) Donovan, do you have a Dejounte destination in mind? I actually, I actually don't. I think like I, I like the the Lakers one. I've talked myself into it. I think that Dejounte is just so so weird and and like uh, he's not bad, obviously, and he's a very good player. I just I'm struggling figuring out where he fits the best and where his yeah you know like where his skill set can be optimized and at this point i'm like just send him to, to the lakers just do it <laughs> and it's a, it'll it'll be okay they need a point guard that's probably the upgrade that they that they need gabe vincent hasn't played at all that's been a bust send him away everybody has known since the moment they re-signed D'Lo and rui that those are two trade contracts just get it over with that's that's gonna be their their big move and it's fine so, now that I think about yeah. it, DeJounte on a team like the Utah Jazz wouldn't be bad at all. They actually, I don't want to say need a guard at all because props to guys like Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton, and Chris Dunn, who's like, a, he's a terror on the defensive end. Shout out to all of them. They don't need it, but obviously DeJounte Murray is someone who you trust long-term, and that could be an option off the top of my head. Now with the Utah Jazz, 
and Danny Ainge be in the market? I don't think so. I think he probably just wants to sit and wait, sit on his hands and just see what this team does and let, let things run its course. But that's another team yeah. that's like DeJounte in that stage. DeJounte Murray on the Jazz feels like year five of a 2K franchise. <laughs> like where, where, where everybody's just traded. It would be so weird seeing him there. I don't. Yeah. It's just like, all right, that's that's random. Him and John Collins <laughs> back, back, back in Utah. It's like, what are we doing here? That's very <laughs> random. Yeah, I mean, they've been so good lately. They Like you said, they're probably just like going to ride it out, see what happens. They're doing the Pacers thing of building from the middle and trying to see what they can do over time. So I don't see them being in the market, but I wouldn't hate the fit. I think that's not bad. It would be great, him alongside Larry Marketing. That's the only thing that I'm thinking about. But Yeah, but it's just, you know, there's rumors like the Spurs were attached to potentially trying to get DeJounte back, but I don't think that's going anywhere. Like the Sixers have been attached to everybody because they got a lot of moves to make. I don't mm-hmm. really want to see him in the Sixers, but I, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't love it either. Gotcha. Well, Donovan, since you didn't have a DeJounte Murray trade for us, do you got another trade for us? Yeah, who's I the do. next player we're going to talk about? I do. I want to see Andrew Wiggins gone from Golden State. Uh, I think I think the experiment has run its course. I think Andrew Wiggins is back to not understanding how to play high level basketball again. And for the Warriors, they need that piece. They need a, they need another wing score. They need somebody who can step into that Andrew Wiggins role. And I think that the perfect player to do that would be Kyle Kuzma. I think that. Oh, okay. I think that if you ship Wiggs and a first. Right, maybe maybe whatever else to, to get it done, but that is the core of the deal. Wiggs in the first, you go get Kuzma and you get a younger Andrew Wiggins, and you kind of <laughs> go in that direction. Very different players, but I see your point. Like having another big wing that can yeah, come yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would take two firsts to get Kuzma, and that's fine. Do, do the Warriors have two tradable firsts? I don't even remember honestly. Let me let me double check on their yeah. Let's see the tradable picks are. I love the idea of that though. Maybe yeah. and maybe if they don't have two tradable firsts, I can't remember right now. I don't know why. Maybe you part with a Moses Moody, or maybe you part with a Kamingo, something like. I is think it would Kuz take that extra that? sweetener. Is he worth that to you, Isaac? Is he worth two first round picks? Absolutely. Is he worth one first and Moody? Probably. I think Kuz is extremely good. And yeah. also, the problem with this whole idea is, not to say problem. It's not. It doesn't kill it. But I think right now Andrew Wiggins is probably viewed as an extremely negative contract. Yeah. Like. He's horrible right now. He can barely play. Like, he's fucking ass. Like, he's not even reverting back to, like, pre-trade. He's, like, down horrendous. He's worse than Minnesota Wiggins right now. He can't even get He's one of the worst players. Bro, he's one of the worst players in the NBA right now. If you look at their net ratings, all their lineups that include Andrew Wiggins are, like, minus 1,000. And their lineups when he's off the court have all been positive. Like, he's legitimately holding holding them back extremely right now. And, again, it's hard to talk about it because there's so many reasons that might be at play with him that... You don't want to bash him too much. Who knows what, what the reason for it? But he's falling off a fucking cliff. And he has a lot of money being paid to him for a lot of years left on his contract. Why would any team want that on their books, you know? Yeah, so maybe that's, that, I said to say, maybe you have to attach an asset. So maybe that's paid even more. And that and that is that is okay. And I think that for the Warriors, both Kaminga and Moody should 100% be on, be on the block to, to make any trade. Because as we've seen, Steve Curran is not going to, He's not like when the time comes to play Moody or to play Kaminga, he's not going to do it. And yeah. you, they <laughs> they run their course in terms of this development for those two guys specifically, the young the young rookie Pods and uh, and T, TJD. They are they're good, right? And we under, we understand that they that they um, they oh. fit into what they're doing. Steve Kerr likes them. <laughs> what? Nice. You froze for us for a second. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, okay. My bad. Anyways, 
Kurt, Steve, Steve likes them. He doesn't like Moody and Kaminga. One of them is expendable. You can attach them to this deal. But I like Guzma in that uh, in the Warriors system right now. Yeah, I think it would know what it'd probably be. I think because Andrew Wiggins is such a negative contract, this trade is probably more likely to be Chris Paul, a first round pick, and like a Moody. That Chris way, Paul back to the goddamn Wizards. That's so oh, he he'd sad. get bought out. He'd get bought out overnight, and he'd sound the Lakers <laughs> the next morning probably. So that's not important, but. So I think Kuzma's worth two first round picks. They probably value him that way. Andrew Wiggins is negative first round. One, Andrew Wiggins is negative one first round pick. So that's like you need three picks to get Kuzma for Wiggins and the Warriors aren't doing all that. So I, I can see Chris Paul, his expiring contract being the salary there instead of Wiggins. Yeah, Dude, that's a, that's a heavy this is, yes. this is a contract. This he has three contract. years left, bro. 26 mil, 28 mil, then a player option for 30 mil, which I can mm. guarantee you 31-year-old Andrew Wiggins will not be turning down. Yeah, he getting that money. <laughs> and if he's going to be the worst player in the league for three more years, oh my God. Oh, him that's, my God. Listen, him and Jordan Poole reunited. Listen, maybe, maybe he just needs his friend, right? Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe he just needs a happy face around him and they can be the Brunch Brothers in D.C. Instead of, instead of, <laughs> instead of Kuzma and Poole. Brunch I do love the idea good. of Kuzma. My only worry is Kuzma's really good. I like him a lot. We've seen a lot of young players come and go through that Warrior system, and it's kind of like a flip of a coin if they're going to be able to play in that reading react system, playing all these off-screen movements through Steph Curry. Is Kuzma equipped to do that? I have no fucking clue. I think you kind of have to like see them do it before you can imagine it, because like, Kelly Oubre is a great player. He's playing really good for the Sixers. He was horrific in that system. I have no clue which way Kuzma's going to go on that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's Kelly Oubre, though. Like, and I guess like, Oubre's cool, right? He's a nice guy, but like, I... The the young guys nice have, guy. <laughs> the, listen, the 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 young guys that have come through through the Warriors system, I feel like like Kuzma, especially because of his stint with the Lakers, like he has actual experience. And this is championship this is the, pedigree. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's it's true, right? It's true. And it's it's the same thing that we saw with Wiggins, where it's completely different if you are the second option on your team rather than if you are the, the third, right? Or the, or sure, the for sure. Yeah. So. It's just awkward. It's just hard because the, the Warriors play a very specific system that requires you to be like, you know, you got to be like a fucking basketball genius to thrive in the Warriors system. Like, it's so cerebral having to make all these reads all the time off these screens that Steph's running around like a maniac and there's so many cuts and like, you have to really be fucking smart and not to say Kuzma's not, but you know, like, you got to really be able to read the game to succeed in that system and it's, it's just, who knows until you see him do it, like I said. Yeah, exactly. Let's run but, it though. If, yeah, I'll, I'll take that risk. I like. If that. there was a player who was able to fit in the Warriors system, I would like to cash in my tips and say Kyle Kuzma would be that type of player because of the Lakers' experience and him being so off-ball and adapting to that pretty well with the Lakers. I'll put my cash. I'll put my cash aside and be like, yeah, I want this guy. How do you guys feel? You know, there's a report the other day that the Warriors, I don't know, you can pull it up to kill, are looking for a skilled seven-footer that can score the ball. That was wow. every other team in the league. <laughs> every fucking buddy wants that, right? Nice. The Bulls have one that they don't want. Nikola Vucevic. That has been a Warriors link thing for a while for various reasons. People kind of just like put it together like that would make sense. It seems like the price is extremely low. It's like fucking please take them is the price. Like I'll give them to you. Would you trade a Chris Paul contract plus a second round pick for Vucevic? You have a Draymond Green to cover up defensively for him. You can he can doesn't have to close games at all. You have still have Kevon Looney. Does that, you know, they need the offensive punch. They need a new look. That's a new look they've never had. A seven-footer that can shoot like that. 
Does he lose it all? Sure. I mean, they have absolutely nothing to lose. I mean, Chris Paul. <laughs> sure. Is, yeah. yeah. Like, why not? Like, this I'm is on a the good same way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure. it's not bad, but I once I don't expect this to elevate them from like the purgatory area that they're in right now. But why not, sure, man? As long as you yeah. be you, you be happy, bro. As long as you're happy, yeah. that's those are the vibes I'm going with right here. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what it would take to get Vucevic. I don't know if they value him as like needing picks. Like, and nobody around the league really wants him. There's no real good fits for him. If you're gonna find a good fit for him, it's next to Draymond Green. Like that's the one place you could imagine somebody having a player that can cover Vucevic's weaknesses. I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Whoever made this graphic right here, Wemby next to Steph and Clay. That would kill my basketball spirit. The 16, I would probably like, I wouldn't be on this planet right now, bro. <laughs> Seeing Webby on the, on the fucking. <laughs> what a, what a way to crazy. say that softly without getting us hit for terms of service. <laughs> no, like, good job. Uh, they got rid of KD just to get this guy. Oh my God. But I'd be um, fucking sick. Yeah. It would be well, what's, your next, what's, what's your next player we should talk about, Mo? Who's your trade? So, I have another trade proposal. You guys let me know if they're trash or what. The Philadelphia 76ers are hitting up the Portland Trailblazers for Jeremy Grant and Malcolm Brogdon. And in okay. return, the Blazers get Tobias Harris, Marcus Smart, who just got the goddamn keys to the city. Tragic. But along with that, they get a pick, maybe two picks, probably two first round picks. Did you say Marcus Smart? Marcus Morris, my bad. <laughs> oh. There we go. Okay, so it's a lot to Tobias, digest. Wait, wait, say, wait, say, say it again. Say it again, real quick. Jeremy Grant, Malcolm Brogdon to the Portland Trailblazers for Tobias Harris and Marcus Morris and two picks. Yeah, don't ever call my phone again. No, <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out of my face. Why would this <laughs> exactly talking about? This is this is the kind of trade both teams say no. <laughs> this is this is the, this is the kind of trade that a good fantasy football team. Like gives a bad fantasy football team like towards week ten, where they're like, "Listen, your team sucks. Just just give me your, your two best players, and we can keep it moving." I don't see why the Blazers would do this. Two first round yeah, picks. Did. That's why. But it's from the Sixers, and those picks are aren't going to be. They're not projected well, no. to be. Well, no. I don't see why this. Why would this? I don't know why the Sixers would do that either. I don't know why their all in move would be to get Tobias Harris out of there and get a slightly better Tobias Harris. Like. Jamie Grant's not moving me like that. That I would like I would get rid of my assets I got for James Harden and get an expensive ass Tobias Harris like that. This man is paid. It's like a hundred million dollars over four years. Like this man is a big contract. Yeah, he's brilliant. and you know they, they can have max contract space this summer. I wouldn't sacrifice that and get rid of my assets for for Jeremy Grant. Now, did you guys forget about Malcolm Brogdon? He's not do you not see the <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon doesn't provide move for, for Philly. <laughs> I don't I don't give a shit. <laughs> he does he does so, not move me. I don't care. So this is an all-in. When I was putting this trade together, this is an all-in move. Obviously, they're like, "Yo, like, yeah, you is have it? cap space during this offseason, but who the fuck are you gonna use that cap space for? You have Demar Derozan, Pascal Siakam. This offseason is really a wash. You'd be looking at the offseason after that, and at that point in time, you're putting all your bets on Joel Embiid still being healthy by the time he's like 31, 32 years old. And I don't know if that's a great thing to do, um, but it wouldn't be a bad thing either, of course. But you'd be pretty, 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 pretty much like saying this is the team that will help propel us towards the top. 
Jeremy Grant's averaging 21 this season, shooting 40% from the three-point line. And Malcolm Brogdon <laughs> has been... <laughs> Good for him. Malcolm Brogdon has been... Good for him. <laughs> a great uh, backup point guard starting sometimes, some nights with the Portland Trailblazers, who's sought after by a couple teams so far or so far... <laughs> in the trade rumor era that we're in right now. Hey man, Tobias Harris has been good. I don't think Tobias Harris is meaningfully better enough that I would like... That's not an all-in move to me. I think do it's a slightly be, better move. Do you not value the defense that Jeremy Grant could provide and also the creation and shooting? No, I think it's no, not that, that much really, better damn. than Tobias Harris. No, I really... Who, no, I, Jeremy Grant, you're, saying, love? you're talking about him like he's Pascal Siakam. Like, I don't think Jeremy Grant's that great. I mean, he's not Pascal Siakam, obviously. He makes a lot of money, than, bro. He's paid exactly, like Pascal Siakam. Exactly. And that's the that's the point. He's not Pascal Siakam. He's like in the same tier as Tobias Harris. So there's no reason to shake up what? the team. He's, a little, he's better, but like not, not meaningfully enough to get rid of their flexibility for him, I don't think. Mm, yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I would rather run it back. Obviously, Nick Nurse has this team playing the best that it's looked in years, right? And the fact that Joel Embiid has been unlocked to go to a new level, Maxi's taking an, another step. I would happily continue playing with this duo, with this kind of core, and have flexibility. And next year, we see what's going to happen. This duo is only going to get better together. There's, like I said, there's no need to, to blow it up. But I do like where your mind is at for Portland, getting Jeremy Grant out of there, getting Malcolm Brogdon, because those are actually, I have two trades for both of them. And so we can use this to pivot. Let's go. My trade for Malcolm Brogdon. Send him to the New York Knicks for Evan Fournier, a first round pick. And then you can either pick between another pick or Quentin Grimes. I wrote I, down Fournier in a first for him as well. I don't think you need to attach a second pick. I think that's and, enough. And that's fine. Okay. That's, that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's why I think the Knicks, obviously trading away Emmanuel quickly, the bench depth has suffered. You need a backup point guard. Brogdon yep. is right there. He's right there on I a agree. team that's already filled with guards. They don't. They don't need him like that. Send him to, to the Knicks. We can get off the contract. You know, give him the asset, and it works out for everybody. Fantastic trade. I, I'm 100 with you. He needs to be a New York Nick. It makes all the sense in the world for both parties. Where do you see Jeremy Grant going? Because I don't know who wants four years of Jeremy Grant. I think the only mm -hmm. team that. When, maybe not the only team, but one of the teams that makes sense for me is the Dallas Mavericks. I okay. think, I think, okay, right, I, think I like that. The, I think I like way, that too. The the way that the money worked, you can get it for for Grant Williams and Maxi Kleber. Um, I think that having that scoring in the front court, you obviously have Luca and Kyrie there. If you can make an upgrade there in the in the front court and add somebody who can also create. And you still have Derek Lively. Somehow Dwight Powell survives again, but <laughs> you just keep you just keep keep rocking with him. I think that gives them another punch offensively that that would be, you know, very useful. And the shooting is is going to be there, right? The catching the the shooting is going to be there, and it's comparable. I think I, I like that. Only question: So would it take two first round picks? Yeah, it would. You you need you need picks on on top of that. But for Dallas, yeah. it's okay. I think. I, I don't think that you are as um, available to go out and sign free agents like that or make another big, big move. I think this is probably the biggest that it's going to get. So I like that. And if they do offensively, like this, it's, a, it's a great fit. Yeah. And if they do a move like this, it would have to be uh, either this offseason. Yeah. 
definitely this offseason because that's when another pick is available for them. Mm-hmm. And that's when they can, you know, have more free will to do whatever it is and add in whatever assets to make. Yeah, well, they can give up one first round pick and then throw in like like this tweet says that Nikhil will pull up uh, either Green or Jaden Hardy. If they view that as like equivalent of a set, another first round pick. I don't, I don't like that. The only problem is I think that's that I like that offensively because I'm a lot of punch. That trio of offensive players is great. Derek Lively to hold down your rim defense and be the lob threat to bring it all together offensively. It would make them fucking lethal. I just think it would be really important for them to have a legit lockdown defender at the three to finish all of them. Cause mm-hmm. Jer- we've seen Jeremy Grant, like back in his thunder days, back in his nuggets days, focus on defense and be a great defensive player and like be legitimately like surprisingly good rim protector from the four flexible to play the three or the four guarding on the perimeter, like very valuable defensive piece. He, yeah, he hasn't been that in some years. He really wants to be a go-to bucket getter guy and get himself paid. That's clearly where he wants to take his career. He looks himself in the mirror and he sees Carmelo Anthony and that's how he plays. If he's going to buy in defensively, playing next to Luka and Kyrie, because like you already paid, you might as well do what the team needs. Exactly. Then I like it a lot. Then I like it a lot. But clearly he has a different vision for himself, so I don't know if he's going to buy in like that. This man yeah. just got $157 million. Like he's, he's <laughs> he, he, be, he better buy the fucking... <laughs> Yeah, come on now. Yeah. Like I just say you've played in Detroit and Portland for the last for the last two teams. Remember what it feels like to be a winner, to be on a competent yeah. team, right? Buy in, play play defense, and everything is good. I like that. So yeah, that's that's my move for for Jeremy Grant. If a move like All this right. happens for the Dallas Mavericks, I'm immediately raising their ceiling to like this team could make a run for the Western Conference Finals and potentially make the finals and it wouldn't shock me at all if everything went perfectly well. But like I just said. Yeah, yeah. They, they're, as long as they have Luka and the healthy roster around him, they're always going to have a chance. So any extra bolstering they can do to their roster, easier for me to say Western Conference Finals is very realistic. Yeah. yeah. All right, so Brogdon was one of my five as well. I didn't have Jeremy Grant, so he's not one of my five. My next one, next name, let's talk about Zach Levine. We haven't mentioned him yet. One of the bigger names in the trade market. Has been for a while. It seems like he's all but traded in the same way that Jonte Murray is. Etch it into stone. He's fucking out of there. The it's like they, the Bulls have made it very clear they don't want him for many reasons. The only problem is he makes a lot of money and doesn't seem to have a very robust trade market right now. And, you know the only name that's team that's been linked to him hard is the Lakers, but there's been a lot of reports in recent days that they're not that interested. Who knows if it's true or not? No way to tell until the week of the trade deadline comes. But let's not even talk about the Lakers. There's two teams I think have a chance to get him that makes sense to me. The Sacramento Kings and the Orlando Magic. You came to the dark side. Welcome. <laughs> I've been pushing this propaganda for you months have. on months on months. Let's rock. Yeah, about the Kings. We're talking about the Kings here. Yeah. That Mo's been a big fan of living there. I still don't love it for the reasons you've said. I mean, for reasons I've said in the past when you brought it up. But I think he's going to be cheap enough that it probably makes sense. Mixed with the fact that Kevin Herter has been dog shit this year. He just can't buy a three. He's has not been the level of play we saw of him last year. Which I say that I, I don't know what he's been shooting as of late. Maybe he's recovering. I'm not sure. Let me not completely shit on him without knowing for sure. But you know, they clearly need an upgrade at the two or three. Keegan Murray is there to stay. He's awesome. I think he has very, very, very high level role player potential. Maybe he could be also level, who knows? But Harrison Barnes and Herder aren't gonna cut it. Malik Monk is getting a lot of the runs at two guard, who's great. But they can use an extra punch there. So I think they could trade two first round picks. Kevin Herter, Trey Lyles, and Davion Mitchell for Zach Levine. I would accept Mitchell, that if I was the Bulls. You would? Yeah, I would. Hell yeah, you would. If you can get gifted two first-round picks for Levine, you take it in an instant. You don't have you don't have any option to say no. <laughs> but I think, you know, they're replacing Herter in the rotation for Zach Levine. Makes total sense. Trey Lyles is a decent player, not that important. 
and they clearly don't fuck with Davion Mitchell long term like that. So it's a lot of depth to give up for Zach Levine. How do y'all feel? It's depth that would help them get out the mud because it's a mid three too. Now, so I don't know this team, the Sacramento Kings team. I don't know what Kings fans' expectations were or whatever. Um, I know Isaac before the season, you thought they were going to be good and shouldn't lose a step or whatever, but I thought they were going to be worse. Um, not necessarily like they haven't been as worse as I thought they've been, but they what we know them for, they haven't lived up that lived up to that expectation. They have the four the 23 and 17. They have the 14th rated offense in the NBA and their defense is obviously worse than that. They've never hung their hat on that end. And if you're going to hang your hat on, you know what I'm saying, being one of the most powerful offenses in, in the NBA, you have to do that, actually. And those things haven't been clicking whatsoever. And so I think this is one of the few ways, not the only way, but one of the few ways to help get yourself back on the right track. And I also think they, that that this trade lifts up their ceiling. Do I think they're going to win a championship? Fuck no. West Conference Finals? <laughs> Probably not. But do I think this makes them better? Yes, and that's what all NBA teams should be striving towards at the end of the day. I, I'm i going to push back on that a little bit because if they were like a top eight team offensively, I could understand the idea of doubling down. But the fact that they are mid-offensively and still bad defensively, it's clearly not the same team as last year where you are the best offensive team and it's okay that, that you okay that you aren't good defensively because you have this amazing offense to balance it out i think at this point they need to go and make a move and i don't i don't have a move off the top of my head for the kings i wasn't think, thinking about that before but they i would rather them see a move to address their defense rather than yeah. double down on on their offense especially if your center is subonus and kind of like the infrastructure of what you do defensively isn't necessarily like it doesn't have a high ceiling. So going to get yeah. Zach Levine doesn't fix any of their problems. So I, I, I agree. love it. I agree, but it's just they got to do something. And I think I, I kind of think inversely that their defense is never going to be good with Sabonis. Exactly. So you might as well make sure you got an elite offense because you're going to need it if you have a chance with any exactly. type of team organization and you have. In my opinion, like you have to lean into what you're known for and your identity. Like why why go ahead and try to fix as much as possible a defense with someone who's not a shot blocker, not particularly fast on his feet, can't switch on guards or anything like that. Lean into what you're good at and maximize your potential. And it's okay if you do one thing that you're good at and try to like remain a mid seventeenth, eighteenth overall defense in the NBA. That's perfectly fine. This feels yeah. like, though, it feels like it's coming from the perspective of a Kings fan rather than just like an just like an overall NBA like watching phase. Because if you're if you are a Kings fan, you understand that your team is has been a poverty franchise for almost two decades. And you're like, hey, this is the best it's going to get. Like, let's just be good. Right. And I understand that that you've. You've had one winning season or you've had one playoff trip in the last 17 years. You want to hold on to that. But also from an NBA front office, like if you have De'Aaron Fox, you want to be building and moving in a direction that is kind of like championship adjacent, like or or at least be on that path to grow to that. So that's why I'm like putting yourself in this position to go give up assets to get a Zach Levine. You are doing what the Chicago Bulls did hmm. and it's like hey let's just be good enough to be in the playoffs like it's okay we know that we're not built to win a championship but 
we're going to have fun along the way. And <laughs> I think that that probably going to create more problems down the line rather than just doing what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah again, it's, they got to do something. We'll see. It, it, you're right. It is a big commitment to Zach Levine, who has a four-year contract. So maybe, maybe it's not a thing. Uh, Nikhil pulled up this tweet. Uh, so <laughs> I would ask people on Twitter to give us trade ideas. This guy has a, a King's trade in mind. Kevin Herter and Chris Duarte for Contavious Caldwell Pope and Reggie Jackson. I think you're Let's clearly not a Nuggets fan. Caps out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put this guy in the gulag. Send the us your Eddie, bro. <laughs> the, the Nuggets aren't trading Contavious Caldwell Pope. It would be awesome for the Kings if they would, but there's no reason for the Nuggets to do something like this. They're good. <laughs> but anyways, I don't really like the Kings trade that much either. I threw it out there because I see it as realistic. The team that I really want Levine to go to is the Orlando Magic. I don't even know if the Magic would do this because there's been no real rumors about it, but I would love to see two first-round picks, Gary Harris, John Isaac, and maybe Caleb Houston for Zach. <laughs> Big sneeze Seems for like Zach Levine. It is a lot. So you can take out Caleb Houston if you'd like. John Isaac, Gary Harris, and two first-round picks. Or as this tweet pulled up and then kill pulled up, John Isaac, Markel Fultz, a first-round pick, and a second-round pick. Whatever yeah. variation of picks that they negotiate to and get to find fair... John Isaac, salary, and picks for Zach Levine. I see the I, vision heavy. I can see the vision with this, um, with not giving up two first-round picks. Uh, okay. I think, I think, yeah, I think that, that's a bit much. But if this is the move, I think I could talk myself into it in like two weeks. And I'll be like, okay, yeah, like this is this is something that obviously we talked we talked about Orlando earlier. Like they need they need spacing, they need, they need, you know, some some more scoring from the from the guard position. Yeah. This, this is kind of late though. This is just one Denver first round pick. Like, I think Zach Levine, listen, he's very flawed or a big contract making a lot of money. He's a good ass player. I think if the one first round pick is a Denver first round pick in 2025, I think you got to throw another one in there. Yeah, I agree. But it just depends on the market overall at the end of the day. The market determines the value of these players, and this could be passable. I like this. This is basically the same trade that I had except for the Atlanta Hawks and Zach Levine. And you guys are right. Um, this right here is, I don't want to say a match made in heaven because defense exists, but if there's going to be a player who the Orlando magic should target, it's going to be someone of Zach Levine's archetype. Now he'd be awesome. He'd be so good. Yeah. But with the Chicago bulls dare hit up a team like the Orlando magic after they got like finessed a couple years ago and robbed out of their entire (laughs) future. I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of dirty business. I think they would try to right their wrongs and be like, listen, let's try this again. We're ready this time. And then <laughs> throwing, listen, Zach Levine does not have a robust trade market. If the Magic are throwing picks, they're going to fucking catch them. Like they're not, they don't have the option to be picky and hold ill will towards anybody. They are down bad and need somebody to take Zach Levine off their hands. But he, Paolo has basically been playing the point guard lately, especially with Franz out. He's getting better. Those reps are important for him. He'll be a lead ball handler for a while. They still need to figure out the point guard. Maybe it'll be Suggs. Maybe it'll be Anthony Black eventually. I don't know. But Zach Levine being able to play off ball there and truly thrive as an off the dribble shooter and catch and shoot shooter, guy coming off of screens, guy cutting off ball, getting the on ball touches whenever Paolo's on the bench. It it makes so much sense there for his skill set. Yeah. And he's like, he's not going to be allowed to be the one option or think he is, which he doesn't need to, right? Like he needs to be put into more of a tertiary role. And I just can't think of a better fit there offensively. Yeah, I I agree. Right now, Paolo Bancaro has been fighting for his fucking life, playing with Chumo <laughs> Kiki, playing with Caleb Houston, playing with Marco Fultz, who's back now again, of course. 
and Jonathan Isaac and them boys. Like, he has no spacing, and this would elevate a team like the Orlando Magic ceiling to one of the seven guaranteed best teams in the Eastern Conference. I think they're <laughs> seventh right now, which is absolutely hilarious. But maybe they could, but, but maybe they could get up to sixth. Um, and I think this puts them in the right path of, like, contending for a championship one day, which should be their aspirations. That, yeah, gar- guaranteeing that, that the team is going to be one of the seven best in the conference is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> They're number eight right now. That's so funny. <laughs> Said so you, sir, you are going to be the first team in to play this tournament. This year. <laughs> yeah. You'll play, play a home game. Good job. Do, do either of you have Zach Levine trades before we move on? Uh, no, I actually don't have a Zach Levine trade. I my my Zach Levine trade would be the Lakers package for Levine. Okay, mm. so Dejounte. Yeah, me personally, I'd prefer that, but I know there's been a lot of reports from well-trusted Lakers insiders that they're not that interested in Levine for whatever reason may be. I would personally am very moved by Zach Levine next to LeBron and AD. So I hope that one happens more than I do Dejounte. Yeah, I, I feel just, like I think I just think that that fit would be much much better, and especially like yeah. once we get to to the playoffs. And we've seen LeBron play, you know, off ball more this year and, and doing that that type of role. Listen, when it comes down to it, the ball's gonna be in LeBron's hands, right? <laughs> yeah. And so and so having somebody who could play off of him and 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 have that scoring upside that Zach Levine has, I think that once you get to April, May, June, that would raise the Lakers ceiling immensely and that it's yeah. a much better fit than DeJounte. My dream is that DeJounte package, but you throw in Austin Reeves and you get Caruso back as well. Caruso and Levine next to LeBron and AD fucking moves me. That'd be awesome. That would be nuts. Caruso, Levine, uh, Braun or whoever. You move Braun to the five. Probably Torian Prince. Torian Prince, Braun, and AD is fucking crazy. Now that team, the Lakers would officially be back if that was to be a thing. Yeah, I don't know if it'll happen though. Right, who, yeah. uh, I think Donovan, it's your turn. Who's the next player we should talk about? Next player, next player. I have been talking about this since week two of the season that the Spurs need a point guard. And I've been saying they need to go out. They need to get Tyus Jones. And okay. I would, if I were them, I would trade Devontae Graham and a picks um, to go get Tyus Jones. I, what's up? I like it. The only worry I have is, you know, it's half a season left. They're tanking. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a high first round pick. Do they want to trade a first round pick for Tyus when they're probably going to pick one of the top of next year's draft and they already have Trey Jones who's starting now and playing decent? The only thing I would be worried about in that sense is that even like the top, top teams, it's not as guaranteed as it is anymore to that you like are going to have the number one pick. Like we've seen the oh, Pistons, sure. you know what I'm saying? Like we saw the Pistons have the worst record in the league and then fall to four in a, in a draft yeah. or fall to five, which is like, or maybe it was four. I can't remember. It was but that was that yeah. was that was yeah that was ridiculous. So for the Spurs, it doesn't necessarily have to be this next year, right? You can put it you can put it two years away or whatever. But I think a first round pick and Devontae Graham, who just barely played this year, to go get Tyrus Jones, and even if you go and you end up drafting a point guard this year, having a competent veteran point guard in the building with your young rookie point guard would make sense in the future anyway. So it would it makes mm. sense now and later. Yeah, I like that. My only thing was like, do they view Trey Jones like already being that as like the ideal backup next year? Maybe. But if not, if he's not, if they don't view him on that level, I like that. Ty Jones would be a great fit there. 
No, yeah, I 110% agree. Um, but for the Spurs, they don't have – they're not a team that tends to make in-season trades. Like, that just isn't um, their GM's forte necessarily other than them trading away Nakapurdo just a couple years – or was it last season, I believe? Damn, yeah. aside, that's so tough. Anyways. <laughs> that was um, one of the dumbest trades of all time. I'm like, don't even get me started. He's washed. But anyways – um. Like I'm saying, the Spurs just aren't used to doing that. But I love the idea, and I see the vision. of if, if this was to happen, Wemby would have that Rookie of the Year award secured to because <laughs> he has a point guard to put the ball in his hands. That's it. Yeah. Do you have a Tyus Jones trade, Mo? Uh, no, I don't necessarily have a Tyus Jones trade, but I have another trade that could potentially work. Um, okay. And it's in the sim- similar tier, not moving really mountains necessarily. So low key trade the. Sacramento Kings going back. <laughs> hey, to yo, hey yo, hey yo, I'm sorry. Listen, we are gonna get to your trade. Who who tweeted this, man? <laughs> who tweeted this? Everybody's listen. We asked everybody to drop their favorite trade moves. Somebody said Donovan to rehab. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <about> <laughs> Let me tell you something. That's rude and disrespectful, and I don't appreciate it. Right? Rehab for what? Is there something you need exactly. to tell us, Donovan? Exactly. What does he know that? No, there's no exactly. I'm asking you right now. What is what is going on? Bad draftonitis. I I didn't know. I didn't know I had a problem. I didn't know this was an intervention. Listen, the first step is acceptance. So, you know, he's helping you along the road. (laughs) Tell me. Tell me what is wrong, right? Excessive hating. That's what I would say. That will be my guess, probably. (laughs) 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 This is not even funny. (laughs) See, now it's not funny. Now now it's not funny. (laughs) Bro. (laughs) He's cooking. Shout out to Keontae George Muse. Keep cooking. What's your low-key trade? Um, yeah. So if, there isn't an, an, if there isn't an Isaac tweet, this guy's racist. <laughs> <laughs> Back to basketball. Low-key trade. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings make a move with the Toronto Raptors. The Kings send Kevin Herter to the Raptors for Bruce Brown. Why? I like that. Two players have generally what the other teams need the idea of kevin herter sounds really nice he hasn't been that this season as a whole but you have to envision that the type of basketball the running gun type basketball that their head coach in toronto is trying to establish helps a lot and bruce brown who hasn't been the bruce brown that we saw last year necessarily could eventually get back into the mold alongside De'Aaron fox and demontis Sabonis, and that could help solidify the Sacramento Kings to be at least mid defense, and also he's a great offensive player too. Which you can't undermine. See, that. see, that's that's what I'm talking about. That is exactly what I'm talking about. I like that move so much more for the Sacramento Kings than going star hunting and going out and getting Zach Levine because it actually addresses something. And having having Bruce Brown in the building is so. That's that's a shout out to you. That's a that's a great trade. That's <laughs> that's a that's trade. a great trade. And for, exactly and for Toronto, <laughs> for Toronto, the lineup of having quickly Herder, RJ, Scotty, like that four. That's nice. That could that could that could do some stuff. I'm I'm kind of intrigued by that. So I think that works out for both teams. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm just I'm intrigued in general by Bruce Bound because he's very like clearly a candidate to get moved again since they don't really need him in Toronto as they're hopefully entering a rebuild and focusing on young talent. Like so many teams could use him. Like, if you tell me he ends up on any of which contender in the league, I'll be like, oh, that makes sense. Like, the price isn't going to be too high. You know, he makes a lot of money, but they can figure it out. 
The funniest outcome would be D'Angelo Russell getting traded for Bruce Brown. That'd be hysterical with all the beef they've had. <laughs> wait, they've... Oh, wait. You're right. They have beef. They you're right. Beef. I forget about that. Yeah. They yeah. constantly... Every time you see each other in the court, they're calling each other a bitch. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good old-fashioned mid-off. <laughs> just, yeah. just, just two role players just hating each other. <laughs> but okay. I also be, have a Bruce hilarious. Brown trade, though. I also have a Bruce Let Brown trade. Let it rip. Let it rip. Listen, I was very biased in Homer in my <laughs> trade predictions. I want Bruce Brown to be a Nick. And I see it. I mm. listen, there's been a lot of talk that the Knicks are ready to move on from Quentin Grimes. Let's say Quentin Grimes. Let's he listen, he played, he was playing 30 minutes a, a night last year. That's not the case anymore. And even with the bench depth kind of being, you know, evaporated after IQ, I like the the role for a for a bench player on the Knicks and to have Bruce Brown, who is just the perfect guy to play for Tibbs. Just, you know, just the, the exact archetype of bench player yeah. that, that Tibbs would want. Scotty, uh, not Scotty, OG is playing, you know, 43 minutes a night. Bruce Brown would play 37 minutes a night. And I think that for a relationship that doesn't seem like it's going, Quentin Grimes hasn't been given the space. Send him up there with IQ, uh, with Quickly and with RJ. Let him thrive up there, kind of grow, and we'll give them an asset. And let's let's make that happen. I think it's yeah. a great trade. I like it a lot. I yeah. I would love to see them get him and Brogdon. Then I would like really take the Knicks seriously as having like mm-hmm. some good depth. Oh, Still would wouldn't pick them to get out the East, but like that'd be a that would that be a team you don't want to see in the playoffs. You know, there's always like a tier of contenders. They're like yeah. they're a tough owl. You don't want to see them in the second round. The Knicks would <laughs> firmly be in that. Yeah, I need that. I agree. I need I agree. that. All right, let's go to the next player. We're, we're let's see, we're uh, almost an hour and a half in. I hadn't even gotten TikTok time yet. Let's let's get through the rest of our trades. The next player I want to talk about is let's go back up. Terry Rozier. I think nice. Terry Rozier is incredibly. Oh, before we move on to that, I see a tweet from Rudy right here. Quinn Grimes for Conchar and twenty twenty five first round pick, top ten protected. Quinn Grimes and the Grizzlies. Nice. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good trade, Rudy. I like it. Keep Let's it up, man. Yeah. <laughs> Good shit. So, yeah, man. Terry Rogier. I think they should trade him. I think it makes total sense. He has a lot of value. He's having an incredible year. A lot of teams could be used, that could be useful to have him on their team. I think if the Orlando Magic don't get Zach Levine, they should throw that basically exact same trade package for Terry Rogier. But yeah. instead of two first-round picks or an extra young player, just one first-round pick, Gary Harris and John Isaac. If, if you're not going to go for a Zach Levine type to be a shooting guard next to Paolo and uh, Franz, Terry Rozier can be like the combo guard, pseudo point guard there. Perfect fit. Bucket getter. Solid passer. Like he's been at one of the time that LaMelo Ball was out, he was averaging over seven assists. Like he can play make better than you think. And I just think it would be a glove and hand fit. I absolutely love it. That is a W trade. That he's in the similar mold of, I guess you could say, someone like Zach Levine, but he is so much more cheaper. And I think the production drop off is not like dramatically steep enough to where like there's, there's, it doesn't make a change in your offense. And the shooting's there, the self creation's there. Again, the shooting is there, which is like the most important aspect of this trade. Yeah. And shooter, so shooter. it just opens up a whirlwind of options offensively, which is what they're deficient of currently deficient of currently so i love it. it's a w trade in my opinion i want to salute you again isaac this is another you guys listen going back to back these are great trades yeah i think the the main theme 
that we are going to see with with Orlando Magic trades is you just need more firepower. You need more offense, right? And for a team that that has a a good def, uh, defensive infrastructure, getting somebody in there who could score the ball, take the pressure off of Franz and Paolo, that is very very necessary. So any ty- any one of these types of players is it makes sense. I love Yo. it. We had this tweet pulled up right now. The Nikhil pulled up. Somebody said Terry Rozier and PJ Washington going to the Warriors for Chris Paul, Kaminga, Moody, and a first round pick. That's way too much. We don't got to give up Kaminga and Moody. That's extreme. But do you guys like the idea of Rozier and PJ Washington in Golden State? That helps. That definitely helps. I I think this probably might be one of the best trades I've seen for the Warriors because they're adding like two quality players who can actually make a real difference. Um, now you do you do lose like Moses Moody or Kaminga or one of those two or whatever, which kind of hurts a little bit. But at the end of the day, you get Terry Rozier who can give all like much needed offense to them. And then PJ Washington too, like has always been one of the more underrated players in the or role players in the NBA. So this is a great yeah, trade. Terry Rozier doesn't Terry Rozier doesn't strike me as a Warriors type of player, but neither did Chris Paul, neither did D'Angelo Russell. Who knows? Who they cares? clearly they want they just really want uh Steph Curry to be a shooting guard now for some reason. So maybe this gives you an avenue to do it. I don't know. I mean, no. maybe, but but maybe after two failed trades that no. under that same mold, they're like, okay, let's let's stop trying to get another guard to play alongside <laughs> Steph Curry to make him the two. Also, Terry Rozier is only 29 years old. Uh, for some reason, I thought he was like 30. I thought he was like 30 plus. That that's Damn. What? very shocking. I thought me. it was like 27 or 26. He's 29. Wow, I'm shocked. I thought I thought he was much older. <laughs> do you guys have a Terry Rozier trade? Now I will say I do not have do a not. Terry Rozier trade, but I was fighting for my goddamn life trying to look for a Terry Rozier trade to the Minnesota Timberwolves because the T Wolves are really by a good margin. Yes, they're by a good margin the best defensive team in the NBA, but they have the 20th best offense in the NBA, and so. That just signals to me they need another punch offensively or they have to eventually like deal with the inevitable, which is we all know what it is. Rudy Gobert, Rudy and um, Kat. Yeah, well, they'll figure yeah, it they're out. Not, they're not going to trade for someone that highly paid though this year. They can't. They literally can't because the books just don't work and they don't clear. And Mike Conley is just way too valuable on the court. One of the best shooters, one of the five, ten best shooters in the NBA this season and also off the court, too doing veteran things with Anthony Edwards and settling the team down whenever they're too, you know, angsty or whatever during clutch Mm -hmm. and important moments. I wouldn't do that necessarily, but I want to see another guard coming off of the bench. And I see right here, Nikhil pulled it up, Tyus Jones to the Washington Wizards for um, centered around Kyle Anderson and the rest of those guys. That's an interesting trade. Not slow. Kyle Anderson... Yeah, I don't think they're going to trade Kyle Anderson. I think he's a big part of the rotation off the bench. Yeah. It's Tyus Jones for Kyle Anderson, Shake Milton, and a second-round pick. All right. Eh. I don't think they need Tyus Jones. I think I could see them getting another guard, but it has to be a, more of a scoring punch, I think. I think they need like a, a real bucket getter on the bench. And they, they want Shake Milton to be that. He hasn't done shit for them, though. He's been ass. <laughs> he's a bunch of shake that ass. So um, that's why. I, who's, your I, next, I, who's your next player, Mo? That was my team, bro. I'm all out. I ain't got oh. no tra- any more trades with me. I ain't have no options, no answers. <laughs> all right. You got, one, you got one more, Donovan? Nope. Those are those are my five. 
All right, I got one more. Kelly Olynyk. The Utah Jazz have been rumored a lot to be sellers. Just not even rumored. They've been wished to be sellers. People have been begging for the like. Every time there's a mid team with some interesting players, people just like try to like will into existence. They trade them to teams that they like more. It's been Larry marketing for most of the year. That's not happening. They've been extremely good as of late. But despite them being really good, they're obviously going to look towards the future. They're a rebuilding team. I think Kelly Olynyk is a prime candidate to get moved. So that way they can continue to be good. They keep Sexton. They keep Larry Markkinen. But they cash in Olynyk for a first round pick. And, you know, the team that's been linked to Larry Markkinen hopes is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Larry Markkinen's not getting moved. They're not going to make the all-in move. But I think Kelly Olynyk to the Thunder for Davis Bertans, his contract, and a first round pick. That fixes a lot for the Thunder, I think. Get them one more big body that can stretch the floor, a legit backup five who can also play next to Chet and give them size. I love that. This any is a any trade, trade. Yes, exactly. Any trade involving the Thunder in a first round pick, I'm like, hey, go do it. You have <laughs> a million of them. And what if literally the cost is one of one of those first round picks and Dallas Bertans, yeah, go make go make the trade, right? The it it doesn't look like they're going to make the all-in trade, but every trade doesn't have to be the blockbuster trade. You can make moves around the margins. And we've we've had this conversation with this team recently in that do they do we think that they even need to make one of those big trades or is the core of Shea, Chet, and J-Dub already good enough and now you just need to do the tweaking? I think this works and I think this helps them a lot. So I like this. This trade is beautiful in every way imaginable. Kelly Olenek, I never thought I would say this out loud, especially, but he's one of my favorite role players to watch in the entire NBA. <laughs> Just the way he plays makes everyone's life so much easier. The passing, the, he can handle the ball a little bit. Of course, the most valuable asset that he provides is his spacing. Uh, it's just like something that you, it's one thing that you don't see too often being done at a high level coming off of the bench. And so I think this would... For the for a team like the OKC Thunder, who have no type of veteran experience, no no real veteran experience on the team at all, this could help them potentially like win a playoff game at least. And, um, <laughs> game, <laughs> yeah. Like, like Kelly could all win that the rant, game one day. all that rant, game, a singular <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that's yeah. what that's my five trades. We all went through five. Talked at length about some of the hottest names in the trade deadline. This is the end of the first half of the pod. Crayon you know what time ears. it is. I don't even got to say it. You know what to do. Let's do it. Transition. As always, we're going to start with the draft. Today, we're going to get back to doing a player-based draft where we draft skills, and we're going to build the perfect players with only skill sets from international players that are in the league right now. Let's run. Let's, Let's run. I'm, do it. I'm locked in. I had a disgusting <laughs> draft on the, on the stream. I'm ready to redeem myself. <laughs> Yeah, you probably had the worst draft in T3 history since, like, at least since the early Mo days where he was just terrible every single time. <laughs> you made history. You guys, you stooped down to Mo's level. Come on. Now. Hey, what do you mean by Mo's level? What do you mean by that? <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with being in my level. <laughs> yeah, so the draft order is Mo, Donovan, me. You see, <laughs> Nikhil put the flags for each of our countries where our nationalities are from. <laughs> that is hilarious. Love it. <laughs> Yeah, man. Right. As always, body, shooting, finishing, defense, passing. Only international players in the league right now. Mo, where is the first pick going? For the first pick is going towards passing for Luka Doncic. Do okay. It. All right. Probably, in my opinion, the best passer in the NBA this year. 
He's definitely up there. All right. That's that's cool. I I also want to go passing. Give me Nikola Jokic passing. Oh, thank God y'all are bozos. Give me Victor Wimbanyama's body. Okay. Cool. Not move. And give me Giannis Antetokounmpo's finishing. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. Cool. That's fine. I figured... I'm already so a god. I, fi- I figured you were going to go there. That's okay. That's okay. You figured right. It was the right choice. <laughs> give me... Yeah, here's where I want to go. Give me... Oh, wait. No, he's already off the board. I messed up. Uh, all right. Give me <laughs> Joel Embiid body. Okay. Mm. Nice. Big heavy set. All right. Okay. Y'all got... Y'all got all the good bodies out of the way. <laughs> so Whoa. something that I gotta go ahead and do. Let's say for shoot um for finishing, give me SGA. Okay. Oh, I said that weird. For finishing, give me SGA. My voice. <laughs> yeah, uh, for finishing uh, SGA. Yeah. My voice <laughs> talking like, in slow motion. My voice died. <laughs> Yeah. I heard my own echo in my head. I'm like, am I in the afterlife? <laughs> <laughs> man, I had an out-of-body experience mid-pod. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. And then, ah, oh, man. Okay, cool. So, for defense, go ahead and give me OG Ananobi. Okay. I got a great so, wing right now. You do You do have a good wing. Uh, That's, let's, he's cooking so far. Let's go. For defense. Uh, cooking. For defense, give me Rudy Gobert. Okay. Yawn. That <laughs> yeah, moves. Yeah, that D- moves. That's DPO, a DPOY, yawn. You can have him. <laughs> My turn? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that... I don't know who I'm going to pick. Damn. Never mind. You might have fucked me because I'm a big... <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> okay, so... Oh, wait. No, I'm good. For shooting, give me Lowry Markkinen. Damn. The finish hammer. Damn nice. it. Damn it. Damn it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and then you know what? You know what? For defense, give me Dylan Brooks. I'm going to be mad versatile guarding on the perimeter with Wemby's wingspan. With Wemby's wingspan? Nah. Lock That's ladies, disgusting. Ladies and gentlemen, we have finally gotten it. We have finally gotten the moment that Isaac <laughs> sold a draft. He took Dylan <laughs> Brooks as his, def- as his defense. <laughs> Dylan Brooks is a great perimeter defender. You, You're all you got a perimeter defender in a big body? Okay. In Wemby's body. In Wemby's body. He's, he's he can move. I mean, I get it, but it's like Wemby's okay. not a regular big. I get Wemby's it. Wemby's not a regular okay. big. It's it's okay. It's okay. Now y'all you trying can, to force that hate. Don't, 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 nah, 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 don't let them convince you that's nah, not nah, nasty. Nah, don't, don't let them convince you, you, you that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Don't let them convince you I didn't build Kevin Durant on steroids. This is a demigod. Kevin Durant girls, bro. Relax. It is. Okay, where, where they're, gonna, I, they're gonna try and tell you that's I not raw. Go. Don't listen to them. Let's see, you messed me up because I wanted to take Lowry shooting. So I'm sure you for did. For shooting, give me Jamal Murray. Okay. Ooh. Okay, that's tough. That's tough. That was my pick. I ain't gonna lie to you. Go to hell. <laughs> 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 but it's okay because this season I got an absolute flamethrower on my side. Give me Bogdan Bogdanovich for shooting. Stupid underrated. Um, nah. You know, man. Right, you, got team you, got fucking fire. you got it. <laughs> and then for body. Now, this is where I'm in a tough spot right now. But for body, y'all got bigs. I have to match up some way somehow. Be a little bit more nimble too. 
Give me Pascal Siakam. Okay. All right. I, 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 I think I think that fits your player very well. Yeah, yeah I, I, feel like, I thought you were building a guard, so you go into a big threw me for a loop. Yeah. Pascal Siakam got guard skills, man. What are you talking about? Spicy P, do your research. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Anyways, listen, we hear these stories about Michael Jordan, Anthony Edwards having these 48-inch verticals, jumping high. Imagine if Joel Embiid could jump higher than, than everybody else on the floor for finishing. I want Jonathan Kaminga's finishing. Hmm. Okay. Does finishing give you vertical or is that in body? I get his Fuck dunk it, package. Fuck it, <laughs> 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 okay, let's All do right. it. That's nice. I like that. <laughs> For passing, give me Baby Jokic, Alperin Sengun. Ew, Baby Jokic. That's nice. I can't even hate. <laughs> <laughs> My player's cooking. I'm mobile. I'm seven foot two. I can guard the perimeter. I can... Oof. Yeah, getting Wemby's so. body is such a cheat code <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah it is I wanted to get it too but I'm like you know what I got him last draft and I don't want to repeat and just beat a dead horse so I was like let me switch <laughs> it up so for body I got Pascal Siakam shooting Bogdan Bogdanovich finishing SGA defense OG Anunoby and passing Luka Doncic I literally just made prime LeBron James bro <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know about that I don't know about that alright relax yeah my player I have Joel Embiid's body Jamal Murray shooting Jonathan Kaminga finishing, Rudy Gobert defense, and Nikola Jokic passing. This is just this okay. is a perfect version of Nikola Jokic. All of his flaws, no <laughs> athleticism, right? Upgraded defense, perfect player. I have Victor <laughs> Wembanyama's body, Larry Markin shooting, Giannis is finishing, Dylan Brooks is defense, and Sengun's passing. That just looks like Pete KD, KD to me, man. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Here's what I yeah. need to know. I'm gonna be Here's sick. what I need to know about your player. Whose handles do you have? That determines a lot. That <laughs> determines everything. I, where, I guess the I don't know. Where do the handles come from? Wemby, they have to. Finishing, well, I guess? I don't know. Who knows? That, yeah. It doesn't matter. A mix, this. whatever. Either way, I'm like a small forward slash power forward that's seven foot four guarding everybody. I'm unstoppable. Until I yeah, no, until I put my shoulder right. into your chest under the rim, do a space jam dunk, jump twenty inches into the air, <laughs> dunk it in your face. <laughs> All I'm saying space is jam, jam. you're not stopping me because I'm 2013 LeBron over here. <laughs> Who do you think you're out of your mind? <laughs> Who do you think you drafted? Like that's not Siakam's body is giving yes, you LeBron. Siakam's body, Luka passing, the defense, the finishing, the shooting. You you can't. There's no flaw in my game right now. You're just <laughs> way slower and jump way less high than Prime LeBron. I don't oh, know where okay. you're getting so this LeBron, LeBron from. Whatever. I'm still the best here. You made <laughs> Wemby's body. You made you made Pascal Siakam who could pass. Like that's really what you did. <laughs> Ew. Which is a great player. <laughs> Yeah, he's good. He's just not like the demigod that we made. He's better than yours. That's all I That mean. is not true. I'm seven. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, you let us know in the comments who is the best player here. You know it's going to be Wemby. Let's keep going. Next thing we're going to do, we're going to guess this NBA guy. players based on their jerseys. All right. So I'm going to show you their jersey. You'll see the team, the number, you know, the design on it. We'll tell you some stuff. And you got to guess who the player is. Okay. Let's do it. Interesting. Real simple. Should be fun, so. Tell me which NBA player this is based on the jersey. First off, whose jersey is this? Oh, this is this is easy. This is, is kind of easy. The old school, or not? Not even old. Wow, I guess this ten, is not old. School. I guess ten years ago kind of is like a throwback. Fuck, you're right, <laughs> that's, dude. That's, that's kind of wild. That's kind of wild. 
<laughs> Listen, but this is a point guard who is on the phone with every NBA team every day looking for a job. <laughs> Stays grinding. This is Isaiah Thomas. Correct. This is Isaiah <laughs> Thomas. 2016 legend. That jersey was nasty, too. I'm not going to lie. It was. Listen, <laughs> it was every, every, apparently, everybody peaked in 2016. That was just the year to be outside. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up. Who is this player? Ooh. Ew. Let's Off see. the top of my head, this is a new era. Could this it be... Is. Man, I might look dumb, but could this be Josh Hart? You do look dumb, but not Ew. for this reason. You're correct. This is Josh Hart. Ew. Why did I know that? God, that's gross. <laughs> I need to he touch like grass. He looks like Anthony Ramos in this picture. I, didn't re- I just realized that. Who? He looks like Anthony Ramos. Kind of. The actor? Yeah, yeah. A little yeah. bit. <laughs> yep. Okay. Y'all are two for two. Next up. Who is this? Oh, I know this one. I know this one. First of all, this is an elite Lakers Sunday white jersey. This is <laughs> this is Mr. Champion himself. Mr. I Love Pandas himself. Metal World Peace, Ron Artest. This is his jersey. Correct. This is the panda's friend. <laughs> Wait, where'd the panda reference come from? I'm lost. He changed his name. To his that. name is the panda's friend. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more you know. <laughs> Moment of silence for yeah, the champions. Up on them. <laughs> for those who make going hard All right, next up. <laughs> I love that song. All right, next, next jersey. Who is this man? Oh my God! This is peak basketball right here. I almost just exploded. This is peak ascended. failure basketball. Is, that's what this is. Hey, hey, you shut your goddamn. I'm mouth. just being this real. This is my I'm just being here. real. I got a PG13 bro, uh, jersey right now. PG24. This action, is playoff peak, right? correct? That's what I'm saying. This is yes. This is playoff peak. This is failure this is basketball. MVP PG. This is peak basketball right here. This is peak mixtape basketball. This is two of fourteen. This is two of fourteen against the Utah Jazz. That's what this is. Listen. This is getting beat by Ozuki. All right, guys. Donovan either Mitchell. way. All right. You're correct. This is Paul George. <laughs> this is uh, my MVP so season. Elite. He was just top three in voting. Get out of here. <laughs> he uh, that's hilarious. Just, he was the ninth best player in the league in his MVP season. <laughs> Shout out. That's my mode. Impromptu. Stood up. <laughs> I no, thought I he was about that. to fight me over, over FaceTime. <laughs> All right, next player. Who is this? This is disgusting right here, man. This This can go three ways. This can go two ways. Kind of three. All right. Really two. This is either D Wade or Isaiah Thomas. I think it's D Wade. Let's roll with it. We're going Dwayne Wade. Correct. This is the most. Downtrodden year of Dwayne Wade's career, 2018. He Cavs. does not look right. Someone, this needs to what this picture needs to be wiped from the internet. I no one needs to see this. The FBI need to get their hands on this era. <laughs> yeah, someone someone called the TSA or something. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> TSA, <laughs> <laughs> get out. Who <laughs> called the TSA to save us? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. They damn near the cops. Shit. <laughs> uh, they think they're the fucking cops. Yeah. <laughs> Next up. Who is this? Now, man, now oh a man. casual may see this, and actually a casual may not even know this player, but a casual may see Lakers number two and think Derek Fisher. But you have to understand the Nike check is there, right? The logo, this is new <laughs> era. This is big baller brand, original Lonzo Ball himself. Correct. 2017 nice. Lonzo Ball with the wish pass. Mm-hmm. Nice. Magic Johnson oh, said man. his number would be retired. 
This jersey is nowhere near the rafters <laughs> in Staples Center. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up. Who is this? Mm. Who you got? Yeah. This could be, not could be, this is only Andre Ugadala. I, I concur. Final Correct. This is Andre Ugadala. Y'all, say, this is so no easy. Way. No way you're going to say that. I look you for his number. Yeah, no. the, I do. I forget everybody's number. I'm bad with numbers, so I thought y'all would be like struggling. Y'all are flying through this. I have no idea why I'm good no, at man. this. I thought it would be struggling. Our ball too. knowledge is elite. We prove this every day. <laughs> I guess these. Yeah, these are nostalgic. <laughs> you haven't got a single one wrong yet, Jesus. All right, next one. Who is this player? Woo! This is where we get one wrong. Goddamn, because the Pistons got so many nobodies, bro. <laughs> you don't know this, <laughs> huh? You don't know this. Twenty-three. Yes. Let oh, me guess. This, Come on. Is this Jaden Ivey? No, I don't know. no, 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 no. That does, that that guess does not count for us. Oh, I know who this that is. That guess does not count for us. This I know is who this is. Stand-up comedian Blake Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. There we go. Come on, man. There we go. I don't know why. Blake Griffin. 2018 Blake Griffin. That was, that's year. a Hall of Fame player. For that year only. <laughs> he set the <laughs> blueprint, bro, for players like Paolo Bancaro and Carlos Boozer. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Boozer came before him. How did he set the blueprint? Oh, my bad. I said Carlos Boozer. I meant to say his son. I forgot his son's first name. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> his son's ridiculous right now, bro. All right. Yeah, but that's the end of I that guess. segment. <laughs> that's hilarious. Next thing we're going to do, we're going to bring back a segment we've done a few times now. Deal or no deal. This time, we're going to do it around. You know, last time we did SGA, Aura Man. We're going to do Aura Man 2, Anthony Edwards today. Oh man. So you know no. how this goes. I'm gonna name you some trade packages. You tell me if you would take the deal or not, and if you would trade Anthony Edwards. Okay. Mo, okay. understand. This is my franchise. All right. I'm not oh, gonna whoa, listen whoa, to whoa. You. Listen. Listen. <laughs> listen. This man right here that we're looking at has been averaging 28 points per game over the last 17 games, shooting 40% from the field. I fire you games. on the spot. <laughs> what a cherry yes. pink stat, been bro. Cooking. <laughs> 17 games. <laughs> Get out. That's like November and December. Get out of here. Great. <laughs> yeah, man. He's cooking as a late. Over the last 16 awesome. games in 22 minutes. His per, <laughs> his per 36 is 37 points per game. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So first trade. Would you trade Anthony Edwards for Paolo Bancaro and Anthony Black? Nah, man. Paolo Bancaro and Cam Wilder? Fuck no. Get out of my face. Cam Wilder, I love your YouTube series, your TikTok. The Instagram is hidden, but I can't do it. <laughs> Listen. Paolo doesn't move you? No. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. Seeing his creator league performance, shout out to you, but no. <laughs> you don't think Paolo is going to be as good as Anthony Edwards one day? It's a different level to this. It's a different level. He possibly could. It won't surprise me at all because Paolo's that level of talent. But we've seen too many players like Anthony Edwards and his mold become top five. And I don't necessarily see that for Paolo. I think he's more top 15 range at his peak. You got to understand, just like like Marvel went from Chris Evans to Anthony Mackie, there's a new Captain America, right? We have a black Captain America, and it's Anthony Edwards. This guy was leading Team USA. He's taking the leap. He is the cornerstone of my franchise. I'm not trading him for this. <laughs> Paolo's great, though. <laughs> All right, man. Next up, would you trade Anthony Edwards for Zion Williamson and two first Please don't picks? disrespect me. Do not, oh. do not call my phone again. Lose my number. I'm not taking the risk <laughs> oh on God. Zion when I Whoa. have Anthony Edwards in the building. 
Listen, now Zion's offense isn't centered around him. He's still good, but he ain't great. And those two first round picks could be valuable. But I'm gonna have to side with you, Donovan. Hang up. <laughs> yeah. Don't call it, my. It'll phone. be tempting. It'll be a little bit tempting. Don't come by my house. How quickly? How quickly Zion? <laughs> <laughs> how quickly Zion's reputation has fallen? Last year, this would be a no-brainer. Yeah. Damn. But this year, Ant has risen again. Meanwhile, Zion's like over here averaging the same amount. He's over here averaging less points per game than Kyle Kuzma this year. I didn't sign up. Oh for my this. god. Woo. <laughs> all right next up anthony edwards for j-dub and chet holmgren yeah uh man we this might is tough j-dub literally has all-star potential off car of course chet could be an all-star like this year we might this have is to tough this. i'm doing this instantly no this. hesitation give me this package chet holmgren is gonna be one of the most viable players in the league as a big who can shoot and defend the room that well and j-dub's legitimately gonna be an all-star as well thank you for your input get the fuck out my front office i'm not doing this <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> no, if you don't do this, you are an Anthony Edwards eater. I don't care. You are a munch. Call you me are a munch. Call on me it. You are eater. glazing Call on me it. one of the boys who make a fan page. I don't care what, what it is. <laughs> you I'm are making it shine. That's crazy. <laughs> 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 Wait, Just I said that the office. <laughs> <laughs> Said, you know what you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> no, that's a spit shine right there. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, spit shine is hilarious, bro. He said, I'm making a shine. Oh, God. I'm crying right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> All right, next up. Anthony Edwards for Tar <laughs> Anthony Edwards for Tyrese Halliburton. Now this is the hardest one right here. It is this it is, is hard. One for one. It is hard, but I'm saying no just because they're both elite. They both have extremely high ceilings. I feel like it would be a lateral move. I'm sticking with Ant. I feel like Tyrese is more of a finished and he's closer to reaching his peak already. And he's already one of the three best players, in my opinion, at his position. And Ant is that too, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I really don't know. This is hard. I'm torn. Take Ant. Take Ant. Uh, I'm going to leave Tyrese honestly, for this one. They're honestly on the same level. It's like, I guess, who do you think has a, who do you think would contribute to winning on a championship team more? Who can you build a contender around better? Man, this is Anthony tough. Edwards. This is tough. Because I've seen Ant in the playoffs already. We haven't seen Tyrese Halliburton. That's pending. I want to I wanna be different. Give me Tyrese Halliburton. I want to be different. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Give me Tyrese. Okay. All right. We got a split decision. All right. That's the end of that. Those are the four trades we had. Damn. We got, we got a nice little mix in there. I can't believe Zion is such a no-brainer for no. How quickly he's falling, man. That is That genuinely makes me sick to my stomach just hearing that, dude. <laughs> yeah. All right, next thing we're going to do, you guys are going to blind rank some big men. I love yeah. a good blind ranking. You guys are horrible at it. We'll see if you got this time you guys can redeem yourself and make a good list. Listen, blind Damn. ranking is only about who's given the list, right? You you can't you can't <laughs> predict you can't predict what's coming next, you know? This is Listen, this anything. time 
it's a slideshow that Nikhil has pulled up. So there's no me rigging it. I can't change the player at the end. There's no, you can't mm. accuse me of tomfoolery. The names I picked are already on there. So we'll see where we go. You're still a bad person. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you always, exactly. always want us to lose. Let us show you. <laughs> All right, guys. Blind rank these NBA big men. First off, Rudy Gobert. What are you thinking, Mo? About three? He's perfect three. Yeah. He's perfect three. I don't think he'll finish at four, S four or five. He's one of the seven best big men off the top of my head, roughly. That's so NBA. specific. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's true, though. Listen, DPOY level okay. defense, no bag offensively. Right there <laughs> in the middle. I think three's fair. Okay. Yeah. That's so nice great. number. Th- good logic. All right. Number three. Next up, DeAndre Ayton. This man couldn't get through a pile of snow to make the game. Put him at six, eight, ten off the list. No, listen, listen. Ah. He can he can get through. He was not trying to play. He called in sick. That's he put him at five. Put him at five. He just like he's just like me. I would do that. <laughs> Facts. He I love up. not working. <laughs> listen, this man yeah, achieved his goal. And he get paid to not work. Oh, he's just like me for real. <laughs> he achieved his goals, man. Facts. At number five? Yeah. Next up, Anthony Davis. I'm leaving this up to you, Mo. I am, I'm recusing myself from this ranking. Regardless <laughs> of what I say, you might throw a dart at my neck, but I might want to put him at one. <laughs> I, to- I told you, put him wherever you want. <laughs> I'm, not I'm putting him at one. This list is cooked if he either put Joel or Jokic on there. And I don't know if he'll dare do that. This is where I say he- Isaac might be a bad person. I don't know. Which way are you going to risk it? I'm putting him at one. I'm putting him at one. I don't think okay, there's going to be a better one. I'll be sick to my stomach, though. All right. Next player. Bull Bull. Oh, my God. Listen, I'll take, we got to put Bull Bull at, at four, I guess, at this point. But, hey, listen, at least yeah, he's more four. fun to watch sometimes. <laughs> just just the potential of Bull Bull. Ten out of ten, I'd rather watch Bull Bull play than DeAndre Bull Bull is fun to watch when you think about what Bull exactly. Bull probably plays like. When you actually watch exactly. him, you're like, oh, my God, get him off the fucking court. <laughs> but the but idea who is this reindeer the get him off the court he could be 30 years old Shaq's still gonna be like this guy was Wemby before Wemby it's just the idea he <laughs> <laughs> needs the opportunity like Facts. fuck no he's ass. exactly <laughs> I like seeing I like seeing Bobo try to <laughs> it's fun <laughs> I like seeing him run around out there <laughs> alright Bobo number four next up at number two Julius Randle this list was a W, in my opinion. I love this shit. We, there we go. All right. I mean, we did a good job. Go back. Oh, wait. Two. Actually, I lied. No, no. Rudy Gobert was at number three. Fuck. And you put Bull Bull over Aiden. Uh, no one cares about Also, <laughs> question. I thought we were ranking centers. I said big mm-hmm. man. This guy. See, this is why we call you a bad man. <laughs> did you put four centers on him through a, through a power forward? I never said centers. I said big man. What does it matter? Bad guy. Bad guy. <laughs> the word center was never Bad said. Bad intentions. I explicitly wrote big men to leave it open for fours and fives. I'm gonna have to start hosting. Just like that, because we need to host <laughs> some integrity around here. You see how it is. And just what? like that, y'all, we have our annual Isaac versus Donovan argument. Part fifty-four. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, it's over absolute nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the most unimportant thing ever. This is foolish. <laughs> it's over. It's over. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Next thing we're gonna do. Hilarious. Let's talk about some basketball, man. Let's get serious. We're doing all this bullshit, all this blind rankings. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's analyze some shit. I'm gonna name two NBA players, and you guys are gonna have to tell me which one you would rather build your franchise around. All right. Sounds good to so, me. You know, Long term view. 
Who is going to help you win a championship for your organization? GMOs in the building. <laughs> First up, John Morant or Devin Booker? Mm. It has to Long be John term, Morant. This is, this is hard. It, no, it's not hard. It's not hard. Oh? I, it's, it's John I would Morant. Lean it's John Morant. Like, yeah. Why is that so easy? We all it's think Devin Booker is a better player right now. For sure. Um, John Morant is... Uh, Jamar is still so young in his NBA career, and literally the only thing that is keeping him from being considered as a top three point guard in the league is Instagram Live. Like that's the that's the <laughs> only thing that's that's the keeping platform. him there. When he's when he's on the floor, the Grizzlies are, are different. We've seen the Grizzlies be legitimate contenders, and their downfall is either him on IG Live or him getting hurt. I'm picking John Morant. We're talking about the best shooting guard in the league. We're not talking about some scrub that's already like past his prime. He's like 26. Sir. Yeah. But another another layer on top of it, I think when I think of these two players, I think that John ja Morant will go down. He has a chance to go down in NBA history. He's one of the best at his position compared to someone like Devin Booker. He could do the same thing. But one of the best at his go. position ever? Yeah, John ja Morant has a opportunity to, for sure. Because he's uh, younger I, I didn't and know John Morant. There's the math. All right, whatever. I didn't know Magic. I didn't know this was Magic Johnson. I'm going Devin Booker. Wow. Is it clear as day for you? No, I mean, it's close, but better defensive player, better scorer, very underrated passer. I think Definitely. he fits almost any team construction. I don't know why. Devin Booker's a great player. He's We're forgetting that he's top 10 just because the team is struggling due to poor roster construction. Yeah. Devin Booker's incredible. But show me a highlight where John Moran or where Devin Booker put his nuts on someone's chest. You can't. You lost. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> Not enough bodies were got. My bad. <laughs> Next up, Nikola Jokic or Luka Doncic? Woo! See, this, this, is, this is what the I Battle like. of the swaggy white boys. Which one are you going with? Why don't white cry? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is tough. Logically, it makes sense to go Luka because he's younger, but I still want to go towards Jokic because he's one of, in my opinion, like he can he's going to retire as one of the 13 best players ever. Luka has a little bit of ways to go. I'm, so I'm going to go. Yeah, Jokic. I don't hate you. I don't hate you for picking Luka because I think he also has like a crazy all time ceiling. But listen, we know Jokic peak of his powers right now can win you a championship any year. I don't know why you wouldn't go with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, th- I'm going with Jokic. Yeah, I'm going I'm going with, with Jokic, too. Also. Because of all the stuff that you said, but also, vibes are just better with Jokic. So, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going that way. And I know for a fact he'll make any player around him better, and plenty of players can fit alongside him. Luka, TBD. He has the ball in his hands a lot. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. All right, next up, Victor Wembanyama or Shea Gilders-Alexander? I got to say, it's not, a, it's not even a, a question. Finally, a question where you don't put... Never mind. <laughs> what? If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you Finally, know. I found a question where we don't have to slob off Shea. Give me Wimby. <laughs> yeah, nah. There's only one player or maybe two players in the NBA where you'd have to reevaluate yourselves. Really three. But yeah, I'm taking Wimby nine times out of ten. I'm taking Wimby yeah. ten times He's out so- of ten. <laughs> Shea's awesome Gonna be a top 5 player probably It's so clear that Wemby's gonna be the best player in the league one day It's gotta be him I think Shea's creeping his way to top 5 Like right now he's like top number 5 Or number 6 but Wemby has a potential To be one of the best ever Point blank period and Shea's Give me 18 like months that. 
18 months and Wemby might be a top three player in the league. Like it's going to be ridiculous. Next year he's going to be top problem. 10 and we're, gonna, we're not going to know how to address those conversations. I, yeah, I will changer. know how to address them. I would tell you <laughs> he's top 10. Like it's just, it's just going to be fact. I promise you. I will, it'll be very easy for me to say it. I won't hold it back. <laughs> it won't be hard. Next up, Chet Holmgren or Zion Williamson? Damn, I, man. I hate to go. I have no faith like this. in building my franchise around Zion Williamson. Give me Chet Holmgren. Wow. Oh. I have no faith. Yeah, I think peak for peak, Zion can still, I think Zion can still recover and have a crazy good peak. But just for the reliability factor, Chet is so much safer of a bet to build long term around. He missed an entire season, though. Okay. <laughs> and Zion, <laughs> Zion has missed and? that times four. <laughs> Yes, I almost missed all of his seasons. What do you want from me? Uh, you're right. I'm playing devil's advocate. I think I would generally lean Listen, the devil don't Chet need no advocate. Too, but... Give me Chet Holmgren. <laughs> Give me Chet Holmgren. <laughs> 2% of me wants to lean towards Zion because I, I know that potential is unforeseen. That thing gone. But it's gone. Uh, it's gone. Yeah. Give me Chet. Chet's I don't biggest issue so far has been LeBron stepping on his foot and breaking that bitch. <laughs> Zion has much bigger issues. Uh, much, much bigger. He's the issue. <laughs> <laughs> Sodas are the issue. Next up, Scotty Barnes or Lamelo Ball. Mm, this is not as easy as many people think at all. I have one question. It's not easy whatsoever. I have one question. Where right. is my franchise? What city? Uh, what city? Good question. Let's call it somewhere, somewhere very neutral. Indiana. Indiana. All right. They mm. listen. They care about basketball. There. Give me Scotty Barnes. Give. give, oh, give me Scotty Barnes. If it was a place. What if I would have said Los Angeles? Uh, if it was in L.A., well, Atlanta, which, or, one, or which New York LA or something team? like that, you got to go. What if I would have said the Lakers? Scotty Barnes. Yeah. What? Yeah. No, you got to go LaMelo. What did you need to hear then to pick LaMelo? <laughs> what were you looking for? Like uh, like a Washington or a Utah. I need somebody. <laughs> who, if I need somebody who can sell tickets, I'm going with LaMelo Ball. But if I'm going with the mm. city that already knows basketball, is trying to win championships, give me Scotty Barnes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think Scotty Barnes is clearly better right now, but Lamelo sure. has had no time to. But Lamelo has had no time to develop, no real supporting cast next to him, no moves to make that supporting cast better. He has a lot of untapped potential that I think in a few years we could look back and be like, we were really underrating Lamelo. The ankle's weak though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree. I'll go Scotty, but I don't hate you if you go Lamelo. Yeah, I think I might, I might lean Lamelo, but that's just very fair. Yeah, oh, he's gonna be great. I'm, I. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's selling LaMelo stock, call me up. I'm buying. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Trey Young or De'Aaron Fox? Give me De'Aaron Fox. Damn. Damn no hesitation. So I'm, I'm taking De'Aaron Fox. That's quick as I'm shit. De'Aaron Fox. Okay, explain. I have... Hater, but go ahead, explain. It's, it's, it's not hater. I've seen... Listen, I've seen both teams... or I've seen both players in fairly decent like situations recently i think that trey young while great has some extreme limitations on him to build a championship team while i think that you can build a more complementary team around De'Aaron fox i would say you're not wrong for that it's a lot easier to build around someone like De'Aaron fox but the ceiling for a trey young team may be higher but at the same time it's going to be so tough to build a team around him Considering his play style and size. Yeah, so. I mean, you just pair him with like Victor Wembanyama or something, then it'll be great. And they'll win a championship. 
Yeah, yeah. you pair him with yeah, the best pair, defender in the world, and you're you're straight. Yeah, if you pair him with one of the you know future ten best players of all time, yeah, like you'll, you'll win. But. Yeah, they were cooking. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's fair to go De'Aaron Fox. Less question marks there. Trey has the ceiling, but you you have really no doubts building around De'Aaron Fox. You know, if you surround him with the right talent, he's not going to be any type of negative for you. Exactly. His, own, his only issue was that he was in Sacramento for years. <laughs> yeah. With that being said, I'm still taking Trey Young. Of course you are. Ride or die over here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're making it shine again. <laughs> God. <laughs> to the soil. <laughs> That's the end of that segment. Next thing we're gonna do, we're gonna do something funny before we get out of here. We're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna react to NBA hair swaps and we're gonna rate them from one to ten. Let's go. This is great. The same thing that people know us for. We're we're gonna rate hair. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about some hair. Exactly. Yeah. Of all, of all, beard hair, head hair. I'll stop there. We're gonna rate some hair. <laughs> oh, God. Show me relax, the hair, relax, please. Relax. The kill. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> rate Settle these down. NBA hair swaps from one to ten. First off, Michael Jordan with the braids. Is this Travis Scott? <laughs> is that my dude? This is this is crazy. <laughs> He look like he in AAU right now, dude. I ain't gonna lie to you. No <laughs> way. This is Jayden. just Anthony Edwards, bro. Let's cut the bullshit <laughs> from last year. Oh, God. Now, his name is Jaden with a Y. Oh, Ew. 100%. <laughs> well, listen, Jaden and Jalen, he might be too dark for that. I'm not gonna lie. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll give this a good eight. It looks, it, it, this was, uh, I'll give this a good eight. It looks natural. Yeah. He low key looks like Lamar Jackson, too. <laughs> oh shit! Right, that's low, so low foul and correct. No, I'll give this in there too. I like this. Yeah, I nice. Do. I will say this is the most normal one we're gonna get the whole time. I hope you enjoyed it while it lasted. All right. Next up, <laughs> Nikola Jokic with the dreads. This man is on the beach selling folks bud on the low every <laughs> single night. Oh my god, Jokic, what happened to you, buddy? Uh, he reeks. <laughs> Yeah, he smells like ass, no. too. There's never Jokic. been a white man with dreads that doesn't smell a little interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm speechless. I have no idea what to say to this. This is crazy. Jokic, you lost all dignity, man. Please don't go this way, ever. Before <laughs> Photoshop this, you did my glorious king so dirty. I got to give yeah. it a zero. It's a white guy with dreads. It's automatic zero. And but. I know he has some hidden, disgusting tattoos under that jersey too, with that hair. I just oh, know facts. it. I just know it. He's got a he's got a Rick and Morty tattoo on his chest. Yeah, it's all <laughs> colored, all types of ways too. It's gross. <laughs> the eyes are all red. <laughs> yeah, every day his his diet is like week old pizza. I know this man. <laughs> <laughs> this is just Shaggy from Scooby Doo. <laughs> facts. <laughs> this is a zero to me too. Next up, Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram hair swapped. Bro, Zion Williamson looks like like Mike. He looks, I was gonna say he looks like Calvin Cambridge. I was gonna say he looks like he's playing for Coach Carter. Straight up, <laughs> he looks like the smoothest motherfucker in the building. Oh my god, this is a look, Z. This is a look. This Brandon. just made me realize how bad Zion Williams's haircut is, though. Because what the fuck is on Brandon Ingram's head? That is on his head. What type of fade is that? No, that's a two K default haircut. He put the designs on the side. He's a my player. This is what Isaac's my player looks like on two K. But mine? What the fuck? <laughs> Except his hair is green. That's the, that's the only difference. <laughs> oh, I'm, good, giving, I'm giving Zion a six and Ingram a two. <laughs> yeah, Zion looks like a a great person. He looks like a six, seven, whatever. 
but Ingram just looks like a bastard. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks like a terrible kid. <laughs> he's a grown ass man. <laughs> yeah. I just imagine him. I just see this haircut and envision what he's going to look like, what he looked like when he was younger. He was one of them kids with the silver cap in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up <laughs> Trey Young with Luka Doncic's hair. <laughs> this is. This looks like a European man who makes the finest dress shoe. I just, <laughs> just wow. perfect. No, he looks like he, <laughs> he looks like a shoe salesman for sure. Mm-mm, man, <laughs> he looked like one of my Dominican homies. I swear to God. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> he like he talks and he does this a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot of hand yeah. motion. He's saying he looks like Luigi. <laughs> oh God, he does kind of. <laughs> this man loves Formula One. I can tell. <laughs> that's what, play it, about that's what it is. Plus the little smirk that he has going on. Oh yeah. Nah, this hair is it. It's a cocky ass smirk too. <laughs> no, exactly. he's French as fuck. He looks French. This guy this guy loves beignets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beignets you don't play about his hair routine either. Yeah. Oh. Uh what do we give this? I'm gonna give this a five because this could be yeah, a real it's person. realistic. And it's not bad. Honest. It's not good either. Like fucking four, I guess. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna give this a five. Next up. We got Luka Doncic with Trey Young's hair. First oh, of he all, like he got a, a, a he, beanie that's been through it on his head. He don't even look real. Listen, <laughs> the NBA photographers, they need to be nicer. They need to tell Luka, you might want to retake this picture because he looks crazy in this. <laughs> yeah, he has crazy eyes for sure. <laughs> for no reason. It looks like he has no T2. <laughs> Listen, Trey, that plus Trey Young's hair, just L, L, L. This is a zero. <laughs> He yeah, would hate he like, like, like this for real. When I see Luca like this, I almost want to reach out of my pocket and donate him a dollar. I don't know why. <laughs> it just don't. Look it looks like, like someone just hit him with some surprising information that he wasn't ready to process. Yeah, <laughs> looks like he's been <laughs> like nuggy to death with that hair. <laughs> <laughs> what if that's what happened to Trey? What if he just got nuggy to death and, and that's why? <laughs> and it stayed that way forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would explain a lot. That would make sense. The damage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up. <laughs> Anthony Davis and LeBron James swapped. First of all, Anthony Davis looks exactly like Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I was going to say that too. <laughs> that, that's, that's just Rudy Gobert. That's just two, the greatest defender of all time. Two, LeBron looks straight out of the 80s. Just not not a, not a clean lineup, hair hair everywhere, light afro. Is the 80s and Rudy Gobert. I just Gobert. see him jigging and vibing. Yeah, LeBron looks like he's having a time <laughs> exactly. of his life. That's a cool cat <laughs> right there. Facts. LeBron said, "Member of Run DMC." <laughs> Run DMC. Now I was kind of thinking more. He is a member of the Black Panthers. I see that right there. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Put put a beret on that man. He got to put that six seven six eight body to use. <laughs> I see Anthony Davis, and I just see like a a member of the U.S. Army. I don't know why. I look in those mm. eyes, and I just see a soldier. <laughs> I see a commander. To be honest with you, you know, soldier that big, soldier that big. <laughs> He kind of looks oh, like yeah. a regular person too, though. He looks so regular. I feel like I see him at the gym. Listen, th- I that's, feel like that's just Drew Walls without waves. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's what that is. He's making target runs. Yeah, <laughs> setting up his tripod anytime <laughs> to go sniff flowers. That's it. <laughs> so I could have treated you better, but no. Say <laughs> so Drake is on his playlist for sure. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I know someone watching this watching this right now looks exactly like AD. <laughs> so, <damn. laughs> so he looks like a TD3 fan. 
All right, next up. Meta World Peace with Joe Kim Noah's hair. Oh, he Come looks crazy as fuck. He looks like he'll try to the bite me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he looks crazy. Biting somebody is a crazy allegation. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest part is he has a Paul George forehead, low ass hairline. <laughs> he just looks crazy, man. <laughs> See, this is one finger. He put one finger between his eyebrows and his hairline. <laughs> yeah, what's, bro. what's funny though is that if his hair could grow this long, I'm a thousand percent sure he would have rocked it like this one year. <laughs> Facts. Just it off the strength so of well. being Ron Artest. When this I see Ron Artest. The vibe matches entirely right. Next up, Chris Paul with the swoop over. <laughs> oh, he looks like Jimmy Butler's best That's friend. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he wants to be Jimmy Butler so bad. This man is my chemical romance fan from day one. Go in ahead. touch with hit his it, emotions. Hit it again, Mo. Hit it again. What song is he listening to? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, pick any emo song you want. I got it on the playlist right now. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, you actually not gonna sing it for us? Nah, not tonight. I need some uh, water. Pretty <laughs> soiled a bit. I threw a All right, y'all. I'm in with the habit you. Nah, this is. I've seen this guy at Hot Topic at my local library. He's never happy. Four. Hmm. Yeah, it looks like he's, oh my God, the Hot Topic shit, you're right. He's always offering some type of discount off, 30% every time. You're right. <laughs> yeah, he's selling Attack on Titan merch. He's not happy with his <laughs> life. Listen, Chris Paul, we only see it from the from the chest up. He's wearing the skinniest of skinny jeans and bands <laughs> and with holes in them because he's been skating all day. And you can't forget the little metal chain attached to his pants too. Oh, he got and the spiky on. belt. Yes, <laughs> spiky belt is hilarious. He go. He does a lot of this. Does his hair to the side. <laughs> he, says, he might be a weirdo. He might have the little furry tail on his on his keychain oh. too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. this is a four. That's Three. hilarious. Yeah, All right, this, next this up, is, this is a four. <laughs> next one, Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> I almost didn't know who this was. Oh my god, this is an eighties pop singer. <laughs> that's what this is. This is Hall of Notes. I don't know who people know that, but that's, that's, that's who this is. That's deep, bro. Uh, no, that's a rock star for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. He I don't even know what to say about that. I'm just looking at him like, damn, this is a whole different person. Yeah, he literally, I said, Trey Young looks Dominican. No, this dude looks like someone's old Dominican dad for sure. <laughs> it, it doesn't look bad, though. I'll give it an eight. It looks solid. He kind of looks really? like what I imagine a young Carlos Boozer looking like. You've said Carlos Boozer twice in this pod now. You're just Carlos Boozer on the mind. Look, man, I just got done watching some highlights like four hours. What can I say? Of Carlos Boozer? <laughs> Carlos Leave Boozer me alone. Okay. Leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> right, I guess. This is the last one. This is the end of the episode. If you're still here, comment. Carlos watching Boozer Carlos Boozer highlights. highlights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carlos Boozer highlights are crazy. I'm a this fan motherfucker watching Carlos Boozer highlights. <laughs> I'm a fan of ball. See y'all at p.m. Monday. Yep, tune in for the live streams. If you didn't get to see them last, go watch the VODs of the last few. Only like a third of you guys that watch the full pods, watch that. Tap in. You're not a real crown eater. And comment, Carlos Boozer highlights are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see y'all later.